I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking high? Yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God! It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know, Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit. Now with twice the whores. The offensive has begun! That's right, the offensive has begun. And there's now twice the whores up in this bitch. So, you know, welcome to 110, the episode of The Lotus Effect we provisionally titled The Privilege of Being Extra, because God knows that I am extremely extra, and I'm also Phoenix. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm phone boy, and, and the th- one thing you gotta know about us is... We're not ordinary people. <laughs> We're morons. That's right. We are morons. And uh, the way we morons, much like we bozos on this bus, uh, the way we do things is so- something like this. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. Oh my god, me too, Sergeant <sighs> Yes, that's right. The Lotus affects everyone differently. So however or wherever the Lotus is affecting you, thank you for your courage and for propagating the model of the Podfather himself. <sighs> now, if Phone Boy can stop humping my leg long enough, if you're new to the No Agenda family, well, welcome. And here's how it works. Now, I won't say that I... Um, understand everything, but it was uh, certainly uh, different, and oh, uh, yes, well, well worth a dollar. That's right, we're well worth more than a dollar, but we are a value for value podcast, which means that we provide you some value in the form of entertainment, and whatever value you put on that, you can contribute it back to us in one of three ways, either with your time, your talent, or your treasure. And what may that mean? Well, let's tell you about it. Well, your treasure is that you can go to lotuseffect.show and click on that 
green we like money button because we like some fiat fun coupons and uh, if your money offends you or a charitable organization we will gladly take it off of your hands another way that you can contribute some value is that you can splash the walls of the studio with satoshis by boosting your favorite podcast boost that's right. So if you don't have a podcasting app that lets you boost your favorite podcast, well, let all your clothes fall off and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Or if you have a tighter belt, you can keep your clothes on and go to newpodcastapps.com and get yourself one of them newfangled podcast apps that let you splash the walls of the Lotus Effect with Satoshis, like these fine listeners did. Yes. Just remember... Oh well, I should probably be unmuted. That would be good. So let's uh, let's read the, let's uh, let, let's read the boostergrams we got. We didn't we didn't get too many this week. It's been, uh, um, but we we did get been a slow week. Been Fuck a, Joe Biden. Yes, exactly. But we did get we did get we get some here. Now most of our our boostergrams are actually song requests in either Rideshare Radio or Studio Thirty Three. So uh, that that that's that's why we it's why we do that because if you because if you uh, are listening uh, and you do Studio and you participate in Studio Thirty Three, that's one way to get your song uh, near the top of the list is to is to submit it as a Boostergram uh, puts puts a little skin in the game, right? Um, but you don't have to boost a whole lot to do that. Uh, you know, Weirdo boosted 333 sats, saying an excision bass cannon, uh, and then we've got Carol King's so far away. Uh, he boosted for another 333, and then uh, then he boosted another 33, saying Christina Grimmy, I won't give up. Cover for Jason Mraz song. This girl was getting big and was fatally shot while signing autographs after a concert. Wow. You know, it's it's funny. It reminds me of the. Uh, Salina story where the president of her fan club was so crazed that she literally murdered her. But, you know, I could not let Weirdo be the only one who was having a great goddamn time. So I threw three, 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 three in for some Wheeler Walker Jr. Fucked by a country boy. Then Sharky wanted to get in on the action for 8043 saying rebel son, dog named damn it. I came back strong, not once, not twice, but three large times with 333 first. We did 33, a double 33. shot. That's right. We did a double shot of some Wheeler Walker Jr. Sit on my face and God told me to fuck you. Then I decided, well, let's get really raunchy. And I requested some Pussy Smells Like Fish, which is a parody of something just like this. Yeah, we do have a, yeah, we have a, we do have a rule in, uh, in uh, Studio 33 and Rideshare Radio. If a song has a parody, it, it must be played and, if, and, it, and it works in reverse, too. So if the parody's played, we have to play the song. Although when, when we although I did I did rescind that rule for one song when we played. It's all about the pen. TMs because uh, we don't like the actual yeah. straight song that much. Well, sir, yeah, Sir Bemrose definitely doesn't like it, and since he was in the chat, yeah, you know, our head troll has been working really hard, and with the holiday season coming up, our head troll is going to be working even harder at trying to find time to troll us and to be throwing packages at your ring doorbells. Yeah, so a Weirdo boosted, got another couple boosts in, Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon, and then Yellow Wolf Dope, uh, each for 333 sats. And then uh, Mama T weighs in for 333 sats, saying, Crazy Train, I have a lifetime writer's pass. You know, don't we all? Hey, I'm driving that. Just so you know, I'm yeah. driving that train. Yeah. So now uh, that's it. That's it for our uh, boostergrams here. Uh, we didn't get it. I we don't think we came. Anything came in through the uh, postal mail or, I, well, actually, well, something did come from uh, the postal mail, which I don't know if we're going to well, talk about. What we are going to talk about is, um, I got mail. Yay. That's right. The other way you can give us feedback, which 
Mr. Phone Boy is alluding to over here is that you can send us something via snail mail, like Empress Emily did. We have a wonderful blunt rolled up from some of the snacks that she sent in the value for value model. Um, in the form of a really sexy purple swish blunt, she got me a strain called God's Gift. So we're going to see just exactly how high we can get. And if we can see God, even though we don't necessarily call it God or believe in it, uh, we're going to see if we can uh, have a little meeting with God tonight via some God's Gift. So thank you, Hemphus Emily, for your contribution to our higher consciousness. Now, another way that you can send us feedback, which is what this is all about, is you can send us a message on No Agenda Social. I am, of course, at Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, with a whole lot of shit behind it. He is at Phone Boy. He's also on Spook Social, same thing, at Phone Boy. You can send us emails, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show, phoenix at lotuseffect.show. Again, it's P-H-E-O-N-I-X. Or... You can do this wonderful thing that we love so much, which is part of one of the other two ways that you can provide value, which are time and treasure. So you can take your time and call 253-237-3321 and leave us a voicemail on our refire topic. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell Computers, this is Chip. This week, we want to know, Pedalheads, what is your favorite season? So again, call 253-237-3321 and tell us your favorite season. Now, if you're voice shy, of course, you can text it and we will still get it. Or if you just want to sound off on any other prior topic that we have had, feel free. Again, 253-237-3321. Give it to me straight, doctor. Oh, well, you know what? I think I've, I think I put the wrong clip on there. Don don don. Yes, I'm going to have to keep the losing uh, horn on. No, but see, because I, 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 I had because re- what I had done, I know exactly what I had done. Because, Do you hear him trying to make excuses, pedalheads? Yes, this is this is. I, I actually have two versions of that clip, and I think I pulled the wrong version of that clip because this is. Unfortunately, I don't know where the worst jock to fever is. What I'm trying to look for here because I had it on here. I don't, Unbelievable! I can't. I, I have it on. The, I have it on the other board. I, I, you I hear, were so up your own ass about me making sure my clips were tighter than snail pussy and. You yourself fucked up the clips. Oh my. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Yeah, but, th- but there is one thing that, uh, despite the fact of how much of it I give phone boy, there's one thing we don't want. Yes, and I've got to, I've actually, now I've got to be on that, I've got to be on that soundboard because I was actually. Welcome to. We don't want your shit. Please don't send us your shit. shit. Yeah. That's, that's right. Be respectful. Uh, phone boy, find your mute button. Don't make me have to call you out again for the second week in a row. You are making me. Damon, you are not on the mic. That's right. Shaming the host. But, uh, yeah, don't give a shit. Okay. Don't, don't be racial. Don't be rude. Look, we, we have no problem with being called cunts and tell, told to fuck off. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to put up any prejudice bullshit because we, we don't get down like that. And now we're going to roll into our health segment, which is, of course, brought to you by Pfizer. Yes. And uh, yeah, it is, of course, brought to you by Pfizer. But I think that we, we, there's a clip that goes with that because we go to the first story. Oh, that's that's not coffee. <laughs> that's my Russian vodka. 
Yeah, so apparently moderate coffee or tea consumption decreased the risk of cognitive disorders, according, um, you know, um, so 22, so uh, there, there are 22 prospective uh, studies and 11 case control studies involving 389,505 participants. That's, that, that's a very specific number. Uh, were eligible for this meta-analysis. Now, coffee and tea consumption was linked to a lower risk of cognitive disorders with an overall relative risk of 0.73, which is, uh, you know, which, which is, uh, which is lower, uh, you know, in point, because it a relative risk of one means that you know, it's about an average risk. It does lower the risk a bit in 0.68, um, um, respectively. Now, the subgroup analysis revealed that ethnicity sets and outcomes had significant effects on this association. So, for, for example, protection was stronger for men than for women in both coffee and tea consumption. Now, a nonlinear relationship was found between coffee consumption and Alzheimer's disease. And the strength of the pre protection peaked at approximately 2.5 cups per day. Um, and then in a linear relationship was found between tea consumption and cognitive disorders, and the risk decreased by 11% for every one cup a day increment. Effective interventions involving coffee and tea intake might prevent the occurrence of dementia. This right. means that you're going to have a strong brain for the rest of your life, phone boy, because you drink more coffee for just you than a normal population for a village. You are a coffee consumer connoisseur. Yes, I am. And yeah, I mean, my brain's already fucked up. It doesn't need any Alzheimer's in there. So, and that's and honestly, the you know, I mean, and I, you know, the, I know this is something that um, you know, pe people we go back and forth on coffee. I mean, seriously, it's hard to argue with the, with the health of coffee. There's, I mean, obviously, if you have too much of anything, it can be bad. But um, but there are so many studies that are coming out that are linking positive results to consumption of coffee after all the years of the health experts talking shit about it because of the caffeine in it and so on and so forth. It's just like the normal narrative that we're constantly seeing today. Milk is bad for you in three months. It's going to be the thing that's keeping you alive. And in another six months, it's going to be toxic and we shouldn't be giving it to the kids. They can't make up their minds on what they want to put out. But I have not seen a lot of flip-flopping on this coffee issue. It's still being held strong in the reporting that there are more benefits than detriments yeah. to this magical concoction. Yeah, and and and, and you know, and 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 Vinny, who we talk about, Vinny Tortorich, um, yeah, he actually, he, you know, that's one of his favorite things. Now, of course, I should also disclose that he has his own coffee company called Pure Coffee Club, which, you know, and, and I've had some of that coffee. It's pretty good. Shilling for Mr. No, I'm not, because I get because I get nothing by by shilling for him. Although, uh, well, yeah, you do, be, and I'll tell you what we all do, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Okay, because by keeping some coal in that fire, getting that train a little further down the track. We're keeping Mr. Tortorich on the air. We're keeping him documentaries coming and we're keeping the truth being put out there about how eating clean and living clean is the way not to end up on the big pharma train. That's right. And a lifetime of misery. You want to end this race strong, not dragging on the last legs you've got. That's right. Now, meanwhile, can meanwhile, this I can't even believe this. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yet again, another TikTok trend coming at you. Yeah, the naval oiling trend, also known as naval pulling, which involves oiling the belly button and surrounding abdomen, has amassed over 11.5 million views on TikTok. Oh, God. Yes. That, that, if you're getting your health, inf health information from TikTok, you should rethink your you life choices. You truly get what you deserve on this. Now, the practice is nothing new. It's actually based on Ayurvedic methods, a, a historic medical system from India that involves implying different 
applying different kinds of oils like castor, peppermint, and ginger oil to the belly button and surrounding abdomen. Proponents claim that applying oil to this area can improve many health concerns as well as promoting weight loss and stress relief. One reason proponents are touting navel oiling as a miracle therapy is because they say the belly button has over 70,000 veins that extend throughout the entire body. Now, experts say there's no scientific evidence to support these claims. Your belly button is a scar from when your umbilical cord was cut and it went to one vein and two arteries, nowhere near the 70,000 number that they're insisting. Instead, experts are recommending turning to proven methods like eating less processed foods and getting regular exercise as a way to improve your overall health. The one area where navel oiling may produce beneficial results is for mental health. For some people, taking a few moments out of their day to mindfully massage oil into their skin may help them to relieve stress. And science supports the idea that reducing stress levels is important for your whole health due to the stress hormone that can be released like cortisol and adrenaline, which have downstream effects on the parts of the body and hormone levels. Now, Dr. Gabriel McCauley explains that I wouldn't be surprised if a relaxing activity such as navel pulling helped to reduce stress levels as part of a holistic approach to wellness and in turn have a positive effect on your overall well-being. Now, now, now I'm going to speak on this point as as a massage therapist, as you all know, I have got my licensure in massage therapy. I have a, a certificate that says that I know how to do this. This really does have a lot of basis as far as if you think about the fact with massaging the belly button and the abdomen, you're promoting good digestion and ultimately movement of the waist, which is going to definitely benefit either how much you do or don't eat, depending on what your diet is. So I think there is just a small smidgen to this whole navel pulling thing, but not for the touted reasons that TikTok is saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's it's just it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's now. I think that the one point I want to make in here, and it said, you know, is you know, as part of a holistic approach, right? And I think any of these things could any any sort of um, you know, I don't know, any sort of um, thing that you're trying to do to to uh, to get a certain uh, um, outcome or effect, right? It's not just one thing that's going to cause it to happen. It's a lot of other things, right? And we all focus on the silver bullet, the one thing that's going to get us to that's going to get us over the hill. No, it's not. It's not just one thing. And in, in almost all cases, yeah. I mean, you can you you know you can get a lot of benefit by getting rid of sugars, grains, and seed oils. But if you're all stressed out all the time, yeah, you probably you know, that's. I can assure you that doesn't uh, you know that you're eventually going to uh, going to get caught up and or that's going to catch up with you. And if you don't address that stress, is. yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny that 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 uh, that uh, you know. Divorce was kind of a, a um, you know, a, 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 what do you what do you call it? A, a result of a health journey, right? It wasn't that I don't think you would expect that, but you know, I I had to get myself healthy and being in an unhealthy relationship, um, you know, that was not that was not meeting my needs and was making me miserable. Yeah, that's probably a good thing to get out of. I mean, you know, so it's like I said, it's part of you know when you know when they say you know when it, it, okay because because we're we're pulling we we pulled some old commercials out for some of the clips on some of the stuff that we're we, doing. We today. think you old farts 
like us will appreciate what we've done for you. The, yes, but the but the you know they always say part of a complete breakfast, right? Well, okay, well you know what? Oh God, what? Okay, but the but, shit that they're advertising as a complete breakfast is complete shit, abject garbage. However, the idea that yes, the, the one you know, you're consuming one thing, okay, it might be healthy, but you need to consume some other stuff that are healthy. Now, what they were promoting is healthy is a is not so great, but but yeah, there, there's a lot of behaviors that go into being healthy and, 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 and you can't just do one and be healthy. You have to do a lot of other small things. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's much like success in general, right? It's, it's not one big thing that you did. It's a lot of small things that you did. Well, and I want to circle back to what you were saying about the not having a lot of stress and so on and so forth in your life. That really does tie in with, it's not just what you put in your body as far as when we talk about living clean, eating clean. Yes, the diet is part of it, but keeping your stress level low, finding things that boost your uh, endorphins and your pleasure receptors that are not harmful to your body, like, um, you know, having a higher consciousness. It definitely offers a different view of the world and reduces stress. Another thing that Hempress Emily was nice enough to do was to include some carts in my package that she sent. So I am actually able to keep my stress level while doing rideshare much lower, which is really beneficial to my passengers because then I don't have a tendency to communicate by waving without all my fingers at other drivers when they do stupid shit. Yeah, that's true. Um, so um, how about but this uh, next uh, thing is some real stupid shit. McNuggets. Chicken McNuggets. A McNugget is a boneless chunk of tender tasted chicken. Okay, I, I okay. So when we do, we 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 sat down earlier today. We do. We, we, this is how we normally do this. We'll take. We'll we have s- way too much fun, folks. Yeah, we have way too much fun. So we'll so we'll sit here on the, right before the show and we'll figure out. Okay, what clips do we have or what clips can we pull? That- right before, motherfucker! It starts from the time Phoenix opens her eyes and uses the little girl's powder room, jumping on that shit, finding clips. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I wish it was just before the show. You make it sound like this is a five-minute bing-bang-boom process. This ain't sex, phone boy. This is clip-taking. Well, I, I, I do more than five minutes, I'm pretty sure. When it comes Three to hours, that. folks. I'm just saying. Yeah. Three hours. Okay. But in any case, I remembered this commercial from... And it was from the early 80s, right? And so I... Because I'm we're thinking of a... Okay, so the, the story is 30,000 pounds of Tyson Fun Nuggets hit with recall over metal shards. But I just remember the commercials for this Chicken McNuggets, and I remember that jing. And I and I did a search on YouTube and there it was. I'm like, wow, I actually, you know, it's like I remembered something. <laughs> you know? But but I have one thing to say. Fuck you. Tube. Yeah. Well, that okay, that that's a yeah, that's coming up. Now Tyson's Foods <laughs> has issued a recall for 30,000 pounds of its fun nuggets. I'm surprised it wasn't 33. I just have to say. A fully cooked chicken product targeted at children due to concerns over potential contamination from metal fragments. Oh, great. So a limited number of consumers have reported that they found small, pliable metal pieces in the product. And out of abundance of caution, the company's recalling the product. I'm just saying, it's another example of how they're trying to kill the little fuckers. Yes. According to a press release from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Safety and Inspection Service, the nuggets were shipped to distributors in Alabama, California, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, and Wisconsin in the 29-ounce packages. Uh, The Food and Safety Inspection Service said that the problem was discovered after a number of customers complained about small metal pieces in the nuggets. This has been one. There, there's been one reported minor oral injury associated with consumption of this product. The food agency said. Now, there's a reason we buy the majority of our meat from local farmers, and we don't. You know, there. Where on the where on the body is the nugget? Do you ask? Where on the body Actually, is the, the strips? Wait, wait. Um, 
I, I actually have an interesting story about that. No, it's it's not a strip or a nugget. However, a chicken does actually have something you enjoy quite a lot, and that's called an oyster. Yes, it's on the back. It's on the back. It's the it's the it's the brown meat. I love that stuff. Two small little pieces of meat that are tucked right nicely against the carcass that when you take your thumb and just gently remove if you've cooked your chicken properly, they are some of the most delicious little morsels. And every time we have a whole chicken, Phone Boy eats the oysters. Yes, I do. Yes, I'm, I'm. He doesn't share. He's so rude. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm the one I'm the one who's deep. I'm usually the one defenestrating the birds. So, you know. That doesn't mean that I can't do it. I'm the one who cooked it. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a your fair share. You want to consume this delicious bird. You must help me to manage this delicious bird. And actually tomorrow we're going to be handling some bird because I've got some carcasses in the freezer that are going to be turned into stock. For our upcoming turkey holiday. Yeah, I believe so. That is uh, that is true. Um, so, um, all right, but uh, this is uh, but yeah. I mean, this next story is really uh, fucked uh, up, y'all. I I couldn't even believe this one. There you are, at Betty Ford Hospital, going. I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> All right, the, the, the headline on this story, uh, young children drinking daily caffeinated soda found more likely to try alcohol within a year. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, in a stu- okay, I'm just saying, okay, I, I have a hard time seeing that, and, and you've heard me rant about handing, you know, you wouldn't hand your kid a beer, but you'd hand him a Coke in a heartbeat. This is kind of the reverse of that. However, I don't think we're going to see a lot of nine and 10 year olds reaching in the cooler, cracking a butt wiper, being like, oh, sorry, mom and dad, I thought it was a Coke. Yeah. Now, in a study of over 2000 children aged between just nine and 10, those who reported drinking caffeinated soda daily were found a year later to be twice as likely to state they had sipped alcohol. Now, published in the Substance Use and Misuse, uh, um, this is, I guess it's the name of a magazine. or, or Phone boy. Uh, yes. Phone boy. Yes. We know that your parents had shitty boundaries. <clears throat> let's just let's just start with that. Okay? We're not going to shame. Yeah. We're just going to start with that. Yeah, I, I know my parents had sure, shitty yeah, boundaries. That being said, in a normal family, about what age do kids have dad or Uncle Bob being like, hey, psst, come here, squirt. Shh, don't tell mom and dad I give you a sip. Every fucking family pretty much does it. It's a sip of beer. It's a sip of wine. You know, you're not really giving, you know, the, the preteens the hard liquor, but maybe, I mean, let's let's just go with the fact that, like I said, your parents didn't exactly have the best boundaries, but I'm not shaming. No, but, but I'm I, just saying, I think that this is, this is total shit in so much as that's around about the age that most kids get that little arm around the fucking shoulder from dad or Uncle Bob. Like, you know, hey, kids, welcome to, you know, getting ready to be an adult. Give me a fucking break. This is this is total shit. Okay, I, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna address that. This, this there's there's some things that happened in my life that kind of I'm I'm probably not the the average uh, child. Okay, so the first time I drank it, I had a sip of beer. Actually, it was my dad who gave it to me, and I think I was, and I and I remember we were in Scotts Valley, and I think um, this was around the time that my dad had uh, lost his vehicles because he'd uh, because he'd ran one into a telephone pole and the rest got repoed, not all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so yes, I remember we that, that yeah. I think he stopped at the liquor store to get a beer. He let me have a sip of it. And this was at probably seven or eight years old. So again, we're, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that's not that far off. Seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten. I mean, all in the rough 
Yeah. Venn diagram of, of one another. Yes. You weren't that abnormal. I mean, no, no, no. Passing but, a joint no, to you at five. Yeah. That, like uh, okay. shame on you. Yeah. Well, but, parents. yeah. But then, you know, but then I also got to live with basically a bunch of fucking alcoholics. Right. Because my, my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, you know, you know, my, my dad's mom was, uh, was very much, uh, with, uh, she was an alcoholic. Her brother lived next door. He was him and his wife were fucking alcoholics. I watch, I get to watch all this shit all the time. So, but phone boy, uh, my point is normal. Yeah, as, as and I know normal is a cycle on a wash machine, folks. But most normal kids, this is around about the age, and you more or less verified. What the fuck just happened? Give me fuel, give me fire, give me what that. What the fuck? Well, you, you dude, mi- you're my mis- finger hit the fucking button i hate my clipboard i need to keep my fingers away from the clipboard son of a bitch nonetheless though all i'm saying is that yes i you know you fucked up it, it really is i'm getting my own clips used against me over here <laughs> okay can, can, I, can i get back to the story now? I'm, I'm just saying that so, despite the fact that you weren't exactly totally normal to some degree you were relatively normal and this is around about the age that most kids get their first sip of beer or possibly wine depending on the family I just I, I'm finding a hard time in believing this particular story that's all I'm saying yeah and you, and you may be and, and, and you may be right however I think there I think there's a reason we're covering it anyway so each so each of the findings took into consideration other factors such as family history of drug use and ha- and low parental education. Now, though, though there are strong associations between caffeinated beverage consumption and future substance use, they've been well documented in adolescents and adults. The findings by a team of Korean researchers are the first to demonstrate similar results in young children. Now, in teens, previous research has shown that these regularly drinking energy drinks are five times more likely to use alcohol or marijuana within one to two years. Now, there they are trying to fucking whoa, whoa, whoa. wait a minute. Say that again for those in the back. Energy drinks. You're talking about you're oh my fucking god. You're not even talking about a goddamn can of soda or a cup of coffee. You're talking about a fucking Red Bull or an adrenaline or what other, you know, energy drink is out there. So uh, this fucking story is making red, me red, red, yeah, red, red, red Bull gives you wings. I might need to go get that clip at some point. Now, there, there was, now there's this new paper. Um, we used data from the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development ABCD study, the largest longitudinal study of brain development and child health in the United States. Now, the results showed that both highly, both high impulsivity and low working memory were significantly associated with daily caffeinated soda consumption. Now, okay, guys, it's not the fucking caffeine. It's, it's the, the sugar. sugar. Somebody fucking ISO that because it's the sugar. Yeah, let's see if let's see if ISO bots actually working correctly. Okay, we're gonna do that because um, we both said it at the same time. I think we. I think that's we'd... because we're both on the same page with this nonsense. Yes. So. Interestingly, children who regularly drank caffeinated soda also showed distinct uh, brain activity compared to their non-drinking peers. For example, when performing the impulse control task, daily drinkers showed lower activity in a brain region called the anterior uh, cingulate cortex, and a reduced activity in the ACC is frequently observed in children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and individuals with substance use disorders. Now, is it weird that I see the ACC and I think and I think college football or something? Is it not a they, yeah. That's the SEC, but that's okay. No, there is an ACC, the Atlantic. Uh, it's it's one of the other conferences in the in the on the East Coast. But anyway. Oh, oh, that's right, the Atlantic yeah. College Conference. Yes. My be- see, this is what me not being a UConn fan gets me. 
because I've been a UT fan as long as I've been a college sport fan. <laughs> you know, you see that net in the chat. Yes, I see that net in the chat. Um, I, I really feel bad for this man because he has a severe mental disorder that causes him to type some really. Um, I mean, it, it's almost like Adam has shared his Tourette's with Net Ned because he he has these jerking motions that causes his fingers to type keys with shitty messages like DLR sucks donkey dick for beer money. <laughs> yes. All right. So back to the story on this. In, in working memory tests, daily drinkers showed less activation in a brain region called the inferior frontal gyrus, IFG, which is a part of the frontal lobe. Prior studies have shown that reduced activation in the frontal cortex is related to lower working memory capacity. Now, taken together, these findings strongly suggest an association between daily soda consumption and low working memory and high impulsivity, which are themselves recognized as risk factors for substance abuse disorders. Yeah. Now, here's OK. So basically what this is saying is, OK, so, OK, we just we just replaced the word soda with sugar. Basically, sugar suggests an association between, uh, you know, um, you know, daily daily sugar consumption and low working memory and high impulsivity. That's how, gee, that sounds like what happens when you give kids too much, uh, um, give, give them too much sugar. Precisely. Yeah. And okay, so when we were looking, Speaking we were looking, uh, hold on, hold on. I still, have to, I still have to, yeah, like I said, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We have a clip, is what I was going to say. Yeah, and actually, I could probably, I have a, we did a whole sugar episode. I got a bunch of other clips. I, I've got a bunch of clips I pulled a while back, but I think, um, but I think this clip from Robert Lustig, um, he's the, he's a, um, yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's definitely, uh, an anti sugar person. Um, and he's, a, I think, I'm trying to remember what, it's like you see. SF or something, uh, um, I think is where he's at. But anyway, the, he's, a, he's, a, he's a professor. But I think we're going to play this clip about how sugar is basically, you know, just, just like alcohol. Sweeties, this is a super concentrated sucrose sugar solution that you dip the pacifier in and you put in the newborn baby boy's mouth before you do the circumcision because it releases opioids and it deadens the pain. And this has been known forever. Okay, then you mix it with a little wine and then you got a real good cocktail. So is there really such a thing as sugar addiction? Well, we have to look for similarities to other drugs of dependence like nicotine, morphine, amphetamine, cocaine. The one I think is most appropriate is alcohol because after all, alcohol and sugar are basically metabolized the same way because after all, where do you get alcohol from? Fermentation of sugar, it's called wine, right? We do it every day up in Napa, Sonoma. The big difference between alcohol and sugar is that for alcohol, the yeast does the first step of metabolism called glycolysis. For sugar, we do our own first step. But after that, when the mitochondria see it, it doesn't matter where it came from from. And that's the point. And that's why they both cause the same diseases. And they do the same thing to the brain. So for the criteria for addiction in animals are binging, crave, uh, withdrawal, craving, and then this one down here called cross-sensitization with other drugs of abuse. That means that if you expose an animal to one drug of abuse, like cocaine, for three weeks and addict them, and then you expose them to a second drug they've never seen before, like, say, amphetamine, they're addicted to the amphetamine even though they've never seen it before because the dopamine receptors are already down-regulated because they're the same dopamine receptors. Does sugar do this? Absolutely. QED, slam dunk, sugar's addictive in animals. What about humans? Who saw this movie? Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, sugar's... You want to talk about a fucking marijuana being a gateway drug? How about fucking sugar? 
this is why I think it's definitely a step in the right direction that countries like Mexico have warnings on their very sugary products that let people know. I mean, we're supposed to be such an advanced culture and an advanced country, yet a country like Mexico, who we are clearly superior to, let's just be honest, fucking gets it more than our own government. I mean, I understand they're trying to fucking kill us, but Jesus Christ, guys, you could at least try to hide it just a little bit more. It's it's just atrocious. I I just can't have another Phoenix rant over the disgusting nefariousness of how these assholes are targeting our children. The Sugar uh, Council is targeting our children in everything. that They own the fucking world. All you have to do is look at what we are feeding our children. To all the parents out there who are taking the time to feed their kids whole foods like eggs, bacon, steak, sausage... Thank you for your courage. For all the parents out there who can't be bothered to put the work in and are just shoveling cereal into their kids, Lucky Charms pancakes, fucking shame on you. If you have to feed your kids cereal, and look, I get it. I fucking get it. I was that mom. Okay? I was on WIC. I was on assistance. I was still busting my ass trying to make it. Okay? My kids never went without a meal under my roof. The point of the matter is, you have the choice to make better choices. As, as as much as I rail against grains, if all you can afford is cereal, don't fucking buy the Lucky Charms. Buy the Kicks. Buy the Corn Flakes. Look, they suck. We get it. They make guys' dicks not work. But it's less than sugar, 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 pump them full of sugar, and then you wonder why you have fuckers like the one we're going to report about a little bit later on who wipe out fucking schools phoenix rant over all right play the next clip to get this more sugar yeah i think th- th- you know somehow i didn't I, th- I didn't think about the placement of these articles but i think it actually worked out pretty well <laughs> the universe provides yes so now so okay this story okay this is this is the headline i'm going to read the headline on the story fruit cu- fruit fructose there we go maybe partially to blame for rise in obesity rates maybe uh the water's wet too boss rates of obesity in the united states have risen dramatically in recent decades from 13.4 percent in 1980 to 41.9 percent in 2020 according to that's 40 years for those who need a little help with the math Yes. And by the way, I'm sure that number is probably 50 percent thanks to fucking COVID. Fuck Joe Biden and all that stuff. Now, although scientists have been studying obesity for years, the underlying causes of this complex disease are not fully understood. Now, it said fully understand in the in the in this. uh, I'm telling you, I think the ones who are writing these articles need less sugar. Yes. Well, not only that. Yes. I mean, because it's because I, you know, I copy paste some of the stuff into into like Google Docs. Right. So you would think whatever they're using to write their fucking things probably has some sort of like autocorrect or something how do you not so how is it that you end up with the errors that you end up with i would absolutely love i mean okay as much as i can't fucking stand the m5m and any news reporting media they're all a bunch of fucking cucks i would love to be a proofreader i would slay because i find waldo's like a fat kid finds 
chocolate chips. Yeah. So now many factors contribute to excess weight gain, including patterns of eating, physical activity levels, and sleep routines. Now, genetics are also involved as are social determinants of health, which are the conditions at home, work, and in a person's community. Now, even racial discrimination, which I've just like oh, rolled my eyes at, may inc increase a person's risk of developing obesity. Now, the article does nothing to even talk about what fructose does to the body. It completely ignores that. We've, we've, we've covered that, so I didn't, I'm not going to, you know, but it provides, it provides a bullshit explanation in the form of the so-called fructose survival hypothesis, which causes the body to go into a sort of a low power mode and overeat. And of course, the advice the article peddles is that we shouldn't demonize any one nutrient, which, um, yeah, actually, the things that you should be demonizing are sugar, basically sugars, grains, and seed oils. Well, sugars and grains are basically the fuel, the, the um, yeah, the, the, the uh, seed oils cause the inflammation that just basically uh, turn, you know, that, that, that add the gasoline to the fire, basically. So, or here's the thing. Yeah. No, cotton gin. Actually, that that you heard was me replugging in my soundboard because I needed to fix a clip that was only partially fired. I didn't realize it was going to give that, but I should have known a dude named Ben would hear that slight as I reconnected. What I was going to say though <clears throat> is they talk about this low power mode. What is the easiest person to control? Someone who is too weak to fight back. This is this goes right along with what I've been talking about with our cookie cutter kids. You you put your kids in the gulag every day to train them how to be obedient little workers like Empress Emily and I were talking about on Coffee and Chronic Monday morning, 7 a.m. And you wonder what you get. You're you're shoving all of this garbage into them, which is causing this low power mode in their body. And then you're making them sit through hours and hours of indoctrination disguised as education so that we can prepare them to be good little worker bees and be cookie cutters. They don't like any individuality in public school because, oh, my God. Again, I reference George Orwell, 1984. You want everybody to think the same, act the same, cookie cutters. I, I can't say it any clearer, folks. That's exactly what you're doing to your children when you put them in public school. Is you are, un Unless they have a spirit that is stronger than the will of those trying to break it, you're going to end up with obedient little workers. I'm thankful I have... A child who, from the time he was even before in school, knew who he was, what he wanted. He was his own person. And he went through his entire school career like that. I had many a time I spent in the principal's office. And the thing is, the school system wasn't getting any ground with me. Because as hard as they'd push, I'd push back twice as hard. I would challenge every single thing. Look, if my kid fucked up, I would call him on the carpet for it. I, I would absolutely make him accountable. But if I didn't feel that the punishment that they were trying to inflict upon him was proper, or if, like, I can remember one time when he was little, because he's a lot like me. He rocks back and forth when he's concentrating. Well, the teacher thought it was disruptive. She had this little dog clicker, and every time she'd see him rocking, she'd fucking click it to kind of remind him not to fucking rock, right? Well, he got sick of it one day, and they were writing on whiteboards. She started clicking at him. He took the whiteboard and chucked it at her. Guess who didn't get his ass busted? My son. And when the school called me about it, I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you like to be treated like a fucking dog? He's not doing anything. If he's that disruptive, put him in the back of the class. Don't fucking use a dog clicker on my son. And I stood behind him to this day. I hope he broke her fucking leg. I know he didn't, but still, don't treat my kid like a dog, bitch. Nah, it don't, it don't play like that.
Yeah, I, I think Phoenix went over. Yeah, well, and 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 thinking about this, I feel like that this that this uh, that that the way that sugar's being treated, it's uh, if you're talking about one of the ways that the elites are kind of controlling and keeping their their thumb on the scale to to keep the to keep the uh, uh, the status quo in their favor, it's 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 all of this uh, you know it basically not telling the truth about sugar. It's basically you know forcing through the dietary guidelines. You know, seventy five percent of their calories come from fucking carbohydrates of any kind. But again. We'll reference Gary Taub's The Case Against Sugar book that really highlights how nefarious the Sugar Association is, how corrupt they are, the lengths to which they have been going for years to silence any naysayers that are going to stand up and say this shit is a problem. I mean, I would love if I knew the proper channels to take to try to get sugar removed from the grassless, generally regarded as safe, because it's not safe. It is literally the contributor to all death-dealing diseases. It is literally causing our beautiful angels to become diabetic and sick before they're teenagers because it's constant sugar, sugar, sugar from basically the time they pop out of their moms on forward. All right. Now, how about, of course... You know, obesity is a problem, and now we've got uh, a new way to uh, uh, to potentially uh, reduce the weight. It'll be safe and effective. Now, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration on Wednesday announced it had approved Eli Lilly's highly anticipated weight loss drug, ZepBound. That's right. You heard right. Eli Lilly. Where do we know them from, phone boy? Oh, well, many, they're one of the big pharma companies, but they but they also have... Uh, what what well, else do they make, phone boy? Uh, well, I'm going to get to that in the article, so just just pay attention here. So, um, it, it is a, so it's, it's the latest errant in a, errant, uh, entrant in a field of powerful and lucrative, lucrative obesity medicines. Now, it is expected to be available in the United States within weeks, and uh, joining the likes of Novo Nordisk's successful Ozempic and Wegovy, and it's widely expected to become a bestseller. Yes, well, that's not well. That, that's not the name of their drug. Their name of their drug is mentioned in here. Now, J.P. Morgan analysts have predicted the annual sales for so-called GLP-1 drugs to reach 140 billion dollars by 2032, with the market dominated by Novo and Lilly. I want to remind you all, okay, that Wegovy and Ozempic are not. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. They are not FDA-approved drugs for weight loss. They are FDA-approved drugs for the treatment. Of diabetes, and actually, Zepbound is approved for, is, is specifically approved for weight loss. I, and actually, right. that is why I was yeah, making the yeah. Actually, I don't say I actually don't say it in this story. It's the next story that I cover because I get into Fair the enough. differences between the between the articles. Now, so so um, administered by a weekly injection, uh, Zepbound has been indicated for patients who have or obese or or overweight with at least one weight related condition, such as high blood pressure, type two diabetes, or high cholesterol. Comes, I, I want to point out the fact that that's also the way that Ozempic is administered. Um, yeah, something very, very similar. Yes. And we get into the, the differences and similarities between those drugs in the next story, actually. So now ZepBound comes with a high list price of $1,095.87 per month. Wow. That's I, I, when they come up that with That is really rivaling what the Ozempic is costing. Remember. Yes, which may limit the number of people who can receive it since insurance companies often do not cover weight loss medications. Now, Medicare, the state subsidized insurance for the elderly, is barred from covering it, for example. Okay, that's interesting. Now, nevertheless, Eli Lilly said... Are you kidding? That's just expected. Medicare being the government, the government is not going to fork out 
thousands upon thousands of dollars every month for one medication for one fat fuck. Here's the irony behind this that I have found. If they would cover these drugs so that patients can, you know, if you lose weight, you can potentially reverse your type 2 diabetes. We've talked about that. You can lower your risk for heart disease. There's there's a lot of things you can do by losing weight. Ergo, it would cost them less money in the long run to just cover this ZEP bound than to continue to cover the medications for diabetes, the medications for heart disease, the medications for cholesterol, the medications for blood pressure, and on and on and on. Well, that would make too much sense. Um, so, um, okay, we, by the way, we, we got a live boostogram here, and I think it, this is a good read. So Vox comes in with a, with a satchel of Richard, so five ones, saying, I'm giving Richards to all my friends this week because I can. I'm a boosty lady now, and you're speaking my language all over the place. Keep learning, keep teaching, keep thinking. Thank you, Vox. Thank you, Vox. We appreciate that, yeah, that live I, boost. I, yeah, we like. Let me, let me go. Put, let me go copy that into the uh, into the show script. And uh, meanwhile, while you do, I'm going to talk about the fact that, n- nevertheless, Eli Lilly said in a release that people covered by insurance could pay just twenty five dollars for a one month or three month prescription, and despite the. Uh, Burgeoning? Is that the yes, word? that's the word. Yes, burgeoning. Okay, sorry, y'all. Some of these words, as intelligent as Phoenix is, she has not seen either. That or hasn't seen it in a hot minute. So, despite their burgeoning popularity, the new class of weight loss drugs, known as GLP-1 receptor antagonists, have been found to heighten the risk of certain severe gastrointestinal problems, according to a large study published last month in the Journal of the American Medical Association (JAMA). These include stomach paralysis pancreatitis, and bowel obstruction. Now, we have reported on this side effect, this deadly side effect that is very prominent with Ozempic. Now, the FDA said ZepBound's known side effects include nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, abdominal discomfort, and pain, injection site reaction, fatigue, allergic reaction, burping, hair loss, and gastroesophageal reflux disease, or GERD. It has been found to cause thyroid C-cell tumors in rats, but it's unknown whether the same is true for humans. Okay, so let's break this down. It basically has the same side effects as most of these medications. And in addition, oh, you know, it causes some fucking cancer in some rats. But, ah, don't worry about that, humans. We don't know if it's true. So we'll just, shh, we'll pretend it's not. That way we can get the FDA approval, you sick fucks. Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, I realize I realize that I'm sitting here that that I, in my in my script, I actually I, for some reason I, I the the thing that I'd copied this from I didn't actually put the link in the show notes. I need to go fix that, but or I will fix that. But uh, so the next actually, so we need to but we need to talk. We need to play the clip for the next one. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, so actually, Ozempic has kind of become like Kleenex. It's a catch-all term for weight loss drugs that are all that include Wegovy, Manjaro, and, and Zepbound. Now, now you, new research suggests that uh, trizepatide drugs, which is Manjaro and Zepbound, may lead to greater weight loss. Now, the Ozempic isn't FDA approved for weight loss, only for diabetes. And it, and now, here's what I want to know, and and maybe this is the naivete in Phoenix coming out. If it hasn't been approved for weight loss and diabetes, how are doctors getting away with prescribing it for exactly that, or are they 
they doing it under the guise that oh uh sorry heifer helen um we know you want this medication for to lose weight but we have to say that it's for your diabetes because we have to make sure that everybody's diabetic well, there's okay. Actually, it's funny because the site that I supposedly pulled this article from is not actually showing me the article. This is oh, that's funny. interesting. Yeah, this it's funny. I, I which means I'm going to have to go back and find it. I, I'll probably do that after the show uh, because that's, I just don't understand. To me, and please, pedalheads, weigh in if you think that I'm erroneous in this. In order for a doc, I, in my opinion, again, just Phoenix's opinion, in order for a doctor to be able to prescribe a medication. It has to be intended for that which you are writing it for. Well, they have they have this, something called off label use, which 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 are, which doctors are allowed to prescribe things off label. So it's a um, that, but that is that's actually that, that is actually they, what a dickhead workaround. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they, it just means that. Yeah, I don't remember what it means when they prescribe it off label, but um, but I get what you're saying. So yeah. please continue. Okay, so um, now so anyway, um, the, but the, but Ozempic was approved by the FDA for type two diabetes at 0.5 milligrams and one milligram doses in 2017 at a two milligram dose in 2022 the fda approved wegovy to larger once weekly 2.4 milligram injectable doses in 2022 unlike ozempic wegovy was approved for individuals with a bmi of 30 kilograms uh, uh, per uh, over meter squared or higher um, or a bmi of 27 kilograms uh, or higher overweight with a, with a weight related condition like high blood pressure now these medications work by stimulating the glp1 receptor which makes the patient feel less hungry and also slows the emptying of the stomach. Now, semaglutide also affects the brain. That's not so great, you know, um, by, uh, you know, by such as the hypothalamus and that controls appetite and influences eating disorders, which may further assist with weight loss or maybe even create its own uh, issues with, uh, you know, with that. <laughs> so um, now Wegovy's injection is delivered via a single-use disposable pen in contrast to the multi-use pens for Ozempic. Um, I just had a thought. In, in rereading this information where it says that it stimulates the GLP receptors <clears throat> and slows the emptying of the stomach. Just that in its very basicness, the way that it slows the emptying of the stomach, it's retarding the muscles. Why? Can you tell me why? It's a surprise then where we see the gastroparesis and people not being able... I mean, they're, they're basically getting getting blocked up. All the waste is backing up. Because the peristalsis that is supposed to be happening isn't happening. All, all of a sudden, this just strikes me like, how is this a surprise that it admittedly slows the emptying of the stomach, but then when it paralyzes the intestines, everybody's going, oh my God, like, oh, we couldn't have seen that coming. Yes. And of course, I'm, yeah. The, and, and yes, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of drinking, uh, smoke weed, drinking water and doing hard shit. Yeah, that, that's. I'm with that. Like, I'll tell you what, if you've never gotten stoned and done a workout, I highly recommend it because it's much better than these shitty drugs we report on. I can assure you, because you get just into that mode. You just set your brain like on the go switch and you just mindlessly are just fucking you know tromping it out in a great workout and your muscles aren't freaking out like oh oh my god i'm dying so i i highly recommend getting stoned and working out yeah um so yeah i think it, but um yeah so as with um 
and so as with the let's see that manjaro is the is the drug that eli Lilly makes which is which is like which has been put in the ozempic category exactly yeah and Zepbound are manufactured by eli Lilly, unlike ozempic and wegovi which fall under the novo nordisk umbrella now unlike ozempic and wegovi one drug is approved for type 2 diabetes and the other Zepbound is approved for weight loss as of well november 8th now as with wegovi the individuals qualify to take Zepbound if they meet the following criteria bmi of over 30 um, or a bmi of 27 with a weight related condition like high cholesterol or diabetes now unlike ozempic and wegovi there's essentially no difference between manjaro and Zepbound other than the name right okay so here's a wild thought which one is less expensive because that's ultimately going to be the deciding factor on which medication somebody's going to take as prescribed by their doctor if they can't afford one but can afford the other arguably and we all know when a medication first comes on the market is when it's the most expensive because you're trying to recoup all of that research money yeah so now manjaro is a glucose dependent insulin insulinotropic polypeptide or a gip receptor and a glp1 receptor agonist gip and glp1 are satiety hormones that are naturally produced by the intestine manjaro mimics these hormones which leads to feeling full sooner after eating and remaining full longer. Manjaro also slows down digestion, which can help with portion control and hunger. Now, it sounds similar to Ozempic and Wegovi, and it is, but the dual hormone mechanism makes it distinct and different. Now, the claim is that Zepbound is better tolerated than Ozempic, but the side effects of the drugs are similar, and they both involve gastrointestinal issues. Um, So, I think this is... um, yeah, this is this is a um, yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I mean, there's a, I, we still say avoid these drugs. Now, obviously, in some cases, if you've got a doctor who's who's uh, you know working with you and, and maybe on a short term basis, it might be okay. I don't know that I would take these drugs long term because it's not going to because ultimately, it's not just the drugs you're taking; it's the lifestyle that you have. It's all the other things. So if you're not changing your diet and you're not doing things fundamentally differently, the drugs aren't going to help you that much. And again, I've. excuse me, I've talked about this many times in that um, often I reference it in mental health. Yes, you can be on an antidepressant, you can be on an antipsychotic, you can be on a lot of different mental health drugs, but at the end of the day, you have to be actively helping these drugs to help you. It's kind of a quid pro quo partnership where if you're not, you know, doing whatever you need to do to help this medication work that no there is no magic pill okay much like there is no magic bullet folks okay there is no magic pill you're not going to find a medication that you can take that's going to you know gling you're cured you're not a basket case anymore gling you're not fat anymore it doesn't happen like that it's a piece of the puzzle it's not the whole damn picture i'm just saying yeah so all right um this okay this next story i'm not it had some interesting things to it but we also have an interesting clip to 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 do it with let the sun hit your face let the breeze wash over your skin go outside that's right. That wonderful clip is brought to us by Miss Hempress Emily M, who happens to be all up in the chat this evening. So if you ain't in the chat, where the fuck you at? Uh, yeah, don't forget, you can catch her and my foul mouth self on Coffee and Chronic Monday mornings, 7 a.m. Uh, no Agenda Stream or Lotus Effect dot stream. Get your ass up and roll up with a cup of Coffee and Chronic Monday mornings. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
Yeah, unfortunately, my my cup of coffee is uh, is empty, and I'm going to have to I'll have to make some after the show. Um, but you know, meanwhile, uh, the researchers at Ruhr, Ruhr University Bochum, I think I was, uh, I'm guessing German here, um, have published the first systematic review of autonomous sensory sensory meridian response or ASMR. Now, millions of people watch content creators on YouTube and social media platforms such as TikTok as they whisper soothing words, perform simulated role play such as a visit to the hairdresser, or interact with certain objects such as a keyboard or a computer in a specific rhythm. Now, about 25 to 30 percent of the viewers experience the uh, ASMR uh, associated with well-being, a characteristic tingling sensation on the scalp and neck. Uh, now, Tobias uh, Lohaus of Ruhr University, Bochum, Germany, uh, together with uh, Professor uh, Patricia Thoma, also of Ruhr University, and, and Professor Silja Bellingrath uh, of the University of uh, Duesenberg-Essen, um, published the first systematic review on this topic. Now, the systematic review reveals that, among other things, this phenomenon is associated with short-term positive effects on mental health. Now, the, re team re the, the research team published their findings in the journal Psychology of Consciousness, Theory, Research, and Practice. Now, for, for the roughly 25 to 30 percent of people who can experience ASMR, several studies showed that watching ASMR videos was associated with short-term positive effects regarding their mood, as well as with physiological changes such as slower heartbeat and lower blood pressure. And EK EEG studies show... Uh, have, have repeatedly shown that ASMR experience is associated with a decrease in so-called delta waves, which are usually linked to deep sleep, but most recently have also been linked to states of consciousness. Now, now, where I've experienced, I guess, what would be considered an ASMR response, sometimes I'm mad when I'm talking to people, like face-to-face. -face. Like, I mean, that's... Yes, really? Yes. Um, so... Um, yeah, I mean, often you know, in 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 the past, I would experience it when I was when not, and I would not experience this. I would rarely experience this at home. It would have to. It would not be with people at home. It would be, you know, if somebody were over or something that was having an interesting conversation with or something like that. It was, you know, I've had conversations like that. And so, yeah, sometimes when I'm talking with people, I get that reaction, right? So it's it's not the uh, you know, and, and I know people get you know, I don't know, they, they 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 for some reason it gives them you know that kind of a feeling. But I think that's the only time I've experienced that is is conversations with people at times. And I can honestly say when I read this article and it talked about how it can cause uh, physiological changes like a slower heartbeat and lower blood pressure, I actually have the opposite effect. Um, it is triggering to me to hear someone whisper because of the shit I went through growing up where I would have my father mirror inches from my face whispering threats that no one else could hear but me that is a fucking thing that will chill you to your very soul so when i hear someone do asmr it is very very triggering for me i mean thankfully my my friend hempress emily m is the one who that clip came from because i was live with her on coffee and chronic last episode that we did when that clip ended up being uh spoken if you will so it wasn't necessarily triggering at the time but if that was just in and of itself its own thing <laughs> it it would have been very very traumatic for me um so i mean i don't know maybe, maybe i'm one of those weird people we all know that phoenix is hella broken but that's okay because day by day I'm getting better. All right, and meanwhile, um, we, we uh, some people are getting better. Hopefully, with this uh, this next story. Yeah. So th 
this is about a pacemaker that uh, a pacemaker that's been developed that uses the the heartbeat to recharge its battery. Now, by generating electrical energy from the heartbeat, a new pacemaker developed by scientists in Seattle was able to partially recharge itself. Now, although the beat only generated 10% of the energy needed for the next heartbeat, the researchers hope that their breakthrough will become the standard since charge, changing a battery in a wireless pacemaker requires heart surgery, convincing most people to just implant a second one. Now, the new device is much smaller than a traditional pacemaker due to its wireless nature, measuring about one-third the size of a AAA battery and residing entirely in the heart's right ventricle. Now, we hope to prolong battery life further and expand access of this product to younger patients who would hopefully require fewer implants over their lifetime, said Dr. Babak Nazar of the University of Washington in Seattle, who uh, led the paper uh, demonstrating the team's new invention. Now, when we can improve upon our 10% harvesting efficiency, we hope to partner with one of the major pacemaker companies to incorporate our design and housing into an existing leadless pacemaker, he added. Now, by converting mechanical energy into electrical energy, the experimental wireless pacemaker housing is able to partially recharge its battery, the same technology used in some experimental energy generating roads. Now, just like ultrasound con converts electrical voltage into pressure or sound, we can engineer similar materials onto implantable medical devices to convert the heart's natural oscillating pressure backward into voltage to prolong battery life, Dr. Nazer added. Now, up until this point, wireless pacemakers have been impractical, and it's difficult to replace the battery, often leading to patients just having another one put in next to it. Now, uh, traditional pacemakers have tiny wires that connect the heart um, to the generator and the battery just under the skin of the left shoulder. Now, a typical battery in both traditional and wireless pacemakers lasts 6 to 15 years. Now, as Nasser pointed out, younger patients with heart complications may require multiple pacemakers throughout their lives, making all options impractical for different reasons. Now, part of his, in his, part of his team's next step will be to, to, uh, to design long-term trials with real humans to make sure the device works properly, which, you know, it's a good thing, right? It's if it, Obviously, if this was not done in a real human, I mean, a real human's going to fuck things up in different ways, right? So it's a good thing. And all while they hope to increase the recharge rate for the battery. And if 10% could become 20 or 30%, it could increase the functional life of a pacemaker by not by a not significant number of years. So why can't we just put a solar panel on you? Like literally make you a bionic motherfucker where you've got a solar panel on your chest. You just crack that fucking shirt open, get all them nice, good vitamin D rays, you know, recharge that bad bitch. Then they only have to go in once. I'm just saying. Think about it, medical community. Meanwhile, I think what I'm thinking about is that I'm a happy, I'm a happy motherfucker. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gotta love smoking the bandit. Um, now, so uh, new research reveals an advanced form of meditation impacts the brain and is linked to aspects of well-being, which is why we played that clip. Using advanced brain scanning technology, a team led by investigators at the Massachusetts uh, General Hospital. These fucking guys again. Yes. A founding member of Mass General Brigham uh, have revealed insights into what happens in the brain during an advanced form of meditation called jhana. Now, by uncovering the distinct patterns of activity in different regions of the brain during jhana, the research suggests exciting possibilities for innovative therapies merging ancient meditation practices with modern neuroscience to improve well-being. 
For the study published in Cerebral Cortex, scientists conducted a form of ultra-high field magnetic res resonance imaging, so, uh, so MRI, on, on a volunteer who was, adept, it was an adept meditator with more than 25 years of meditation experience. So you're taking a real expert in the field here, I guess. Uh, Im imaging data was collected during a 27 sessions of jhana over five consecutive days. Now, the advanced absorptive meditation practice known as jhana is linked to self-transcendence, which is sometimes called ego dissolution or insight into no self and also attentional capabilities and internally generated joy and equanimity you, you, uh, qualities that are important for well-being and often disrupted in various psychiatric disorders and also just by by uh, well fucking living life uh, so the study used an ultra high field strength t7t magnetic resonance imaging system for enhanced brain mapping precision that has never been used in any study of meditation let alone advanced meditation and the technology enabled us to evaluate the activity with high precision of the cortex subcortex brainstem and, cere and, and cerebellum during a form of advanced concentration meditation known as jhana says senior author matthew d sachet phd the director of the meditation research program and assistant and professor of psychiatry at MGH and Harvard Medical School. Now, they're those guys again, too. Yes, Harvard. This allowed us to gain insights into the overall functioning of the whole brain in the context of genre medication or med medication meditation. Yeah, gee, that, I'm I'm sure there's some truth wanting to come out there. I'm sure they're looking for genre medication. Highly. I think I'm going to write it. I think I'm actually going to write it down as a um, because, you know, that's what we do when we when we misspeak sometimes, if it, if it seems like it is actually, uh, you know, a thing. So including the rarely studied brainstem and cerebellum, uh, neocortex frontal, no brainstem, brainstem. Sorry, I'm having flashbacks. To Geek! Thinking. Yes, exactly. This research is foundational. Uh, or, 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 wait a minute, I'm sorry. Sackett and his colleagues also observed correlations between brain activity during jhana and attention, jhana qualities, including joy, mental ease, equanimity, and formlessness, and self-perception. Hey, you want any of the good feels? Just tune into The Lotus Effect, 4 p.m. Central Saturdays. You'll get all the good feels you need without any yeah. of this meditation. Yes, yeah, so, yeah you'll, you'll get a contact high if nothing else. Uh, so, True. Yes, this research is foundational for the development of cutting-edge interventions for supporting well-being and treating mental health conditions. Now, these interventions could involve developing novel medication medication i'm sure that too you are really on the medic are you on the pharma train sir do i need to know something over here uh, i don't i don't know i'm something well uh, the novel the novel <laughs> i can't even do it now you now, see this is contagious yeah so novel meditation based therapies grounded in advanced meditation such as jhana which have ex received extremely limited attention from science says sasha now our neuro scientific insights may directly inform neurotechnology, including neurofeedback and brain stimulation that may be applied to target specific brain system implicated in advanced meditation. Our work holds significant and untapped promises in alleviating suffering and promoting human flourishing. Now, Sachin and his team intend to develop an increasingly comprehensive science of advanced meditation through the development of a research center at MGH and HMS focused on this work. The group is currently collecting brain imaging data from additional meditators and is exploring additional methods to understand jhana and other forms of advanced meditation. Now, we do know that you know that it, yes, I mean one of the ways you can uh, you can loosen up your higher con higher consciousness is of course uh, smoking weed every day, but you know you can you can you get know, there. I, I think smoking also helps with all of those mental conditions <clears throat> that people are dealing with out there. If you think about it, you know, any any of you potheads out there, when you smoke the good herb, you have these 
amazing insights that you would not have had otherwise. It helps to calm you. It helps to focus you. It helps to put you in a better place. And we all know that there's not a one of us out there that's not dealing with something. Some of us more than others, why there is such a need for pharma. But again, we're, we're going to tout the fact that the good herb could definitely replace some of these nefarious pharma medications that are used for mental health. Yeah, well, I, I can assure you that I would not have gotten, I don't know that I would have been able to get through my divorce as well without having smoked, you know, um, as much yeah, as I smoked. Yeah, but between the ween and the phoenix. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, meanwhile, I think we've got a, we've got a, we've got another story here. In nomine patri and filio spirito sancto, one secular sensation, all the folks you meet. Exactly. (laughs) Barcelona Church under construction for 141 years finally gets its four towers named Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. How appropriate. Yes. It's one of the most famous buildings in Europe. Now, it's funny because I've been to Barcelona, but I don't know if I've actually, I don't think I actually went to this church when I was there because I was there for CPX in 2018, I think. Um, And... uh, Guarantee if you go back, you'll be seeing it. That's right. It, so it's it, so it's one of the most famous buildings in Europe, partially because it isn't finished yet more than 100 years since it was started. Now, this the Sagrada Familia Cathedral in Barcelona is just a few years away from completion. However, as the towers of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, have been fully erected, um, when the c- ultimate tower so is finished... So what you're saying is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, are, are all now fully erect. Fantastic. Yes. When the when the ultimate tower is finished, slated for 2026, the building will be finished 144 years after it was started. Now, the original designer, uh, Catalan art, architect and Antoni Gaudi, wanted the facade to contain 16 spindly towers, which would each be dedicated to a biblical figure: 12 for the apostles, four the four for the evangelists, one for Mary, and one for Jesus. It was last Wednesday that the final sculptural um, element was placed on the tower of Matthew, and the day after that, John. John's tower was crowned with an eagle. The Basilica celebrated the triumph on Facebook. Now, for the local Christians, they will get to enjoy this building on November 12th for the Basilica's inaugural mass, when the four towers of the evangelist will be illuminated. They will remain so until after Christmas. Now, That's on, actually kind of cool. Yes. On Sunday, the Barcelona Symphony Orchestra gave the debut musical performance at the Sagrada Familia. Now, led by the uh, head conductor Jose Rafael uh, Pascal uh, Villaplana, uh, the, uh, the concerto... Uh, Concerto. Feature, concert, yeah, con, con, yes. Concerto. Concerto. Yeah, something like that. Featured a repartee uh, chosen for the occasion that paid tribute to the symbi- symbiosis of nature, faith, and art represented in the Sangrada Familia's art and sculpture. I want to point out that this actually is happening tomorrow, y'all. So that's that's pretty awesome for those folks. Yes. Um, so the towers have been the final pieces of this massive, complicated, and oft-interrupted puzzle, which first hit snags upon Gaudi's death in 1926, when only 10% of the building had been finished. By the way, there's a, actually, that reminds me, there's a there, um, there's an, al- an Alan Parsons project released an album called Gaudi, and that's in the, in the 80s. So. That's interesting. Yes. There's, yeah, there's this, I, I think I will, I think there's a song I will uh, queue up in the, uh, to, in the, in the after party here, um, uh, based on that, um, uh, as I'm thinking 
thinking about it. The, the one fa- the one um, popular song from that album. Um, so interrupted by the uh, the wars of the 20th century, much of the subsequent work had to be done off imagination because Gaudi's original models had been destroyed. Now the Sangrada Familia was con- was consecrated by Pope Benedict XVI in 2010, more than 20 years after it was declared an UNESCO World Heritage Site. Now not only the Tower of Jesus remains unfinished, right? And then when the scaffolding is finally pulled down, it will be the tallest cathedral in Europe at 566 feet tall, or about 172.5 meters, plus a 60-foot tall or 17-meter cross. Oh, okay. That'll um, be interesting yeah. to rival the cross we have in Crossville. That's right. Well, that well, Actually, that, it's in Cookville. That's in Cookville. All right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, can can we... Uh, uh, oh, Yes, uh, this this is where my musical knowledge helped. Uh, so a schoolboy in India has invented a mechanical spoon that automatically stabilizes itself to help his uncle eat through his hand tremors caused by Parkinson's. Uh, it was the sight of the 70-year-old retired government employee trying to eat and splattering his food on his trousers and a 10-year fascination with mechanics that started when his mother built him a... Li- uh, yeah bought him a Lego set. It's a, this, yeah, the copy-paste error here, folks. It saw Arvav Anil build the device with motors, sensors, microelectronics, and a 3D printer. Now undergoing tests at the RV College of Physiotherapy in, in Bengaluru, southern India, Anil has taken on plenty of feedback, including from his uncle, who was all too happy to give it a whirl. I've been fine-tuning the design based on college's feedback, that it needs to be waterproof so that it can be washed without damaging all the electronics inside, that it must be detachable so it can be cleaned and replaced by a fork, and the spoon needs to be deeper to hold more food, Araf told the Guardian. Now, it's not the first mechanically stabilized spoon on the market, and Google did one in 2014, and Liftware did it in 2016. But Anil's cost left in less than half what similar spoons go for, making it far more likely that the, that the more than 7 million Indian Parkinson's patients can actually afford it. And he expects to publish the results of a small trial in a medical journal next year before manufacturing them on a small scale, initially for hospitals. He said that he remembers fondly the, wor- the words of his uncle upon the occasion of his first test of the spoon, that such a small thing could mean the difference between dignity and indignity. I think that's a fair point. Um, when he isn't working with a spoon tech, Anil is, a, is an ac- is accomplished representative of his company or his country in science competitions, carrying the flag over 20 times in international robotics contests. In one of these, he won first prize for his spoon blueprints, which jolted him into the designing the prototype undergoing testing at RV College. Like a- I love this story. I really do, because it's very innovative and it has a real heart to it in so much as he was inspired by wanting to <clears throat> provide his uncle <clears throat> the dignity of not, you know, having to have food all over his clothes. So, I mean, total kudos to this kid, I guess you would call him, for such an amazing Invention and then kudos to this next guy. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. So, a man found his father's beloved old yellow car from the 1930s going up in an auction, and with his son's help, bought and restored it over the course of the pandemic, reuniting their family with a rare and treasured heirloom. Every family has its stories, the ones heard around the dinner table a hundred times. And for the Stearns of England, it was about granddad's bright yellow Talbot Dirac motor car. Bought in 1935 
Proud Alex Stern, a Londoner who made his bones parking cars in a city garage, used to drive his wee son Malcolm around town whilst reveling in a long sloping fenders, chrome grill, and banana yellow bodywork. Then, in World War II, when the British government ordered the evacuation of children to the countryside, young Malcolm Stern remembers being driven away on a coach, watching his dad follow along behind in his Talbert Duroc. And that was it for the story of Alec and his yellow car, who sold it in 1942. Fast forward to 2020, and Malcolm was 91 years old, looking for a new hobby when he decided to buy a 3D printer to make small models. That's when he got the idea to make one of his father's Talbot Duroc, and a grand idea, but he needed to understand the dimensions of the real thing before he could scale it down. It only took a few clicks and keystrokes on the computer for Malcolm to locate his father's actual car, plate numbers and everything because it was being auctioned. An amazing story of serendipity, Malcolm's son, Jonathan, told the Washington Post, wapo, wapo, wapo. To find the car by just coincidence, we were egging each other on. Oh, dad, you've got to buy it. He remembers saying, you can't let it go again. The cost was 8,000 pound or just over 10 grand, a price indicative of fortune since Jonathan was able to afford it. But being of an age quite similar to Malcolm, it was in bad need of repairs before hitting the road. Jonathan was at first doubtful that his father was up to the manual labor required to refurbish the car. But in Malcolm's garage in Roxmanworth, a British town near north of London. He launched a three-year project, hiring professionals when he needed to, doing everything else himself, and even using the 3D printer, which would have otherwise almost certainly become a coat rack in the face of the restoration of the Talbot Duroc. Then the day came, three years after the repairs first started, and with Malcolm and the car three years older, when the engine groaned to life, even though the... Nonagetarian struggled with the heavy steering and ancient transmission. Malcolm and his son rumbled 15 miles to the parking lot of a local watering hole where the gathering of vintage car enthusiasts were meeting. Arriving in the Talbot Duroc with a fresh coat of canary yellow paint, those gathered were in awe of the old man and the old car. The two of us, I think our faces hurt from smiling so much, Jonathan said. He, Malcolm, was the star of the show, 94 years old, driving around this great big yellow car. So kudos to you, sir, for your awesome restoration of a very cherished vehicle. Yes, yeah, that yeah, that was kind of a cool story to get to get a vehicle back that some that uh, your parents had or something like that. I mean, absolutely. My dad and I had actually talked about buying because we both had a, a love affair for an old Mustang, and we wanted to buy one and restore it together as a project. I mean, it never happened, and much like the riding to Sturgis on Harley's together. And I have fully decided that once I have everything settled in my life and I have enough money to do it, I'm actually going to buy a Harley and I'm going to take his ashes and drive to Sturgis so that I can at least give my father the one thing that I said I would do, which was to ride to Sturgis with him. So that will happen. 
Well, there you go. Well, I think the thing that's going to happen right now is uh, we have a cavalcade of stupidity to uh, to get to. And yes, that? we do. We do. So I'm not exactly sure. We we had actually had uh, we had uh, communicated with um, with Rev earlier, and we we were under the impression that one was coming. And we did not one did not come at showtime. However, I'm always prepared. So so when I'm sure when uh, he's having tech issues because fuck tech. Okay. Well, meanwhile, so I get to I get to go back to my uh, my own demented uh, mind of which I've which I've been I, I grew up uh, uh, you know w- w- listening to Doctor Demento back in the 70s and 80s uh, underneath the old smogberry trees as as he says, but. Uh, so, um, so I, so I have my own offering for today. So, um, now Robert George Pickett, uh, otherwise known as uh, Bobby Boris Pickett was an American singer, songwriter, actor, and comedian. He's best known for writing and co-writing and performing the 1962 smash hit novelty song, Monster Mash, which has of course been, we par- all know it and love it. And we all know it and love it. And we also, uh, you know, we love the parody, the monster hash, right? Smoke some monster that, hash. That's right. So born in Somerville, Massachusetts, Pickett was, uh, watched many horror films as a result of his father father's position as a local movie theater manager. He's, he started improvising impressions of Hollywood film stars at a young age. At a turning point in his career, Pickett was a vocalist for a local swing band called Darren Bales and the Wolf Eaters. He would later serve in the United States Army from 1956 to 1959 and was stationed in Korea for a period of time. He co-wrote his signature song, Monster Mash, with Leonard Capizzi in May of 1962 as a spoof of popular contemporary dance crazes. Now, Pickett's performances included impersonations of Boris Karloff uh, and Bella Lugosi, although many of major anyone who's not familiar, uh, Boris Karloff was the mummy in 1932, and Bella Lugosi one of the most amazing Draculas in 1931. That's right. Now, though many major labels declined to distribute the song, now Gary X. Paxton uh, agreed to release it in the United States, and a monster mash was met with instant success, and it peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks in October 1962, including Halloween. Now, the song was certified gold by the RIAA on August 28th of 1973. Now, the song has since been recharted three more times in 1970, 73, when it reached the top 10, and in 2021 even. And we know it's not Halloween unless you play the Monster Mash. Now, so we're not going to play the Monster Mash because it's because it's already past Halloween. Now, now, Pickett never achieved the same success as he did with Monster Mash on the charts. He continued to lend his voice to further parodies and other songs throughout the rest of his life, including this one that I, that I'd like to play uh, is a parody he did with F- Peter Ferrara in 1975. And I could find nothing on Peter Ferrara. So I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. Right. But it came out in 1975. It is a novelty spoof of Star Trek called Star Trek. And we're going to play that now. Uh, well, I'm going to, it has, a, I'll play the thing here is this was created way back in 1992 using a couple of VHS. Now that, that's how this was recorded off of Dr. Domeno, I guess. Uh, so anyway, this is, uh, this is where this is at. I'm trying to wait for it to start playing here. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Booby Prize. It's five-year mission to sell T-shirts toy phasers, plastic communicators, and anything else we can think of to seek out new life in old plots and complications to boldly go where everyone has gone before.
Systems Log, Stardate 6935.2. We are in orbit around the planet Schwartz. Engineering the Captain Jerk. Engineering the Captain Jerk. Jerk here, what is it, Snotty? Captain, the warp drive mechanisms are generating excess antimatter. The pods are overloading now. If it continues at this rate, I can't be responsible for the safety of the ship. Don't have a spaz, Snotty. Ah, but the whole ship's gonna blow itself to pieces, Jim. I want answers, mister. Well, I tried shoving a wiener on the warp drive, but it didn't do a bit of good. By the by, would you have a wee bit of mustard up on the bridge? Mr. Schlock? No mustard, Captain. Analysis, Schlock? It would appear that Lieutenant Snot is about to eat a wiener without mustard. As always, your logic is impeccable, Mr. Schlock. However, I was referring to the emergency in the ship's warp drive. I would say that the program is at too early a stage to permit solving any serious difficulties, Jim. Recommendation? Suggest you wait for further plot complications before undertaking corrective measures. Logical, Mr. Schlock. Perfectly logical, Dr. McCoy. I'm a doctor, not a scriptwriter. Warning, this is a plot complication. Warning, uh, okay, I'm gonna, a... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that. Uh, we'll, we'll play, we'll play the, we'll play it at the, uh, we will play it the full version of this in Studio 33. In, stu- in Studio 33, as we do. Uh, now I'm trying to actually get this to the point where we can do that. So, um, so apparently, apparently, uh, yeah, we had some. So actually, the video. So it's funny, the video. The, so the 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 YouTube video I found this on, they actually took like clips of different Star Trek things that they went along with this. And they created this apparently in 1992. So it's with VHS tapes. So, you know, not, I, I would have to say this is definitely pre bad lip reading era. Yes. And I would, and I would say it's actually, well, the video itself is actually worth watching. And well so, done. Yes. Well done. Okay. So anyway, we will play that. We will play a Star Trek. If we played it before in studio 33, we will play it again. I'm sure. Um, because, because we do that. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, unfortunately I think what, it, so you, you were going to show me the message that, Rev had sent so that I could actually read it because I miss, but you looks like your hands are full. Not at the on, no, behind the mic, I will. Okay, behind the mic. Yeah, I figured you would. Okay, well, regardless, I mean, yes, we 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 understand that tech shit happens, and so that, that there's a reason that I I I I I remain prepared in case something happens. You know, I know schedules happen, and besides, I've got enough demented knowledge to keep the to keep things going here. So, because uh, there's a reason that I asked you to tap into your demento reservoirs for on the off chances that we had to back up and punt on a cavalcade of stupidity. Yeah, I think it did not bad enough for, for having, I mean, I had, I had, you know, of course I was able to find something on Wikipedia about the guy that always helps. But, um, so meanwhile, we are now in the toast. Usually helpful. Yeah. We are now in the toast and jam segment. This is the only segment of the show. Where we don't have an opening clip. For. We are still working on an opening clip, but damn it. It's still a good segment. It's still a great segment. So you, uh, did right here this week. I, I did a, a few. Times. So, would, so would you? Uh, so, would you like to share some stories from uh, from your? Uh, from I, your I travels guess this I week? could. I could share a few stories. So, one of the stories because <clears throat> I did a few more airport rides than I usually do, and a couple that I was bringing to the airport and I ended up engaging in an interesting conversation as he works in the field of IT and I am currently studying the field of IT. Yeah, and and you and you live with a dude named Ben. I mean, yeah, well, you know, technicalities and and such and so on. So uh, we were talking about a lot of breaches occurring, and I mentioned the MGM uh, Caesars breach, and he said he was actually in Vegas at MGM when that happened, and was telling me about the um what happened on the floor because they could absolutely not 
have any bedding at that time because like everything just fucking systematically went down until they all ended up in like this one sports bar area and then ultimately that ended up having to shut down because of this breach and I just thought that that was really interesting to hear the progression like boots on the ground of how that all went down you know in real time arguably you know and this is okay and by the way this is something that um you know, we, we, we try to, you know, there's a lot of automation of things now. I think, I think the more, you know, the, the, the more things get automated, the more like we're all impacted by cybersecurity incidents because you, because I can, I can guarantee you that it, it touches us all. Yeah. It touches us all. So, you know, this, so like, yeah, I mean the fact that, okay, I, you can't even conduct business, you know, because everything's because, because, because uh, your cash registers and everything are all digital and you, you know, this is why. Yep. I have for years, even before I got anywhere near knowing about you or technology, just could foresee tech was going to be a fucking problem. I, I don't know why. It was just like <sighs> you heard the messaging from early when this all when computers all came into the kind of mainstream, you know, computers are going to take over, computers are going to take over. And a lot of, you know, older folks talking about the fact that this is not a good thing. We do not want to bow to and give free will to automation. And this is just another example of that. You're not if if what you're using isn't hooked up to the IOT. Guess what? You can't be hacked. I'm just saying this is a prime example of where old school it's still the best. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You talk. I mean, I talked to a bunch of my a bunch of my uh, friends and in, 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 that are that are fellow dudes named Ben and, and Bernadette, right? Uh, they, uh, yeah. I mean, a, a lot. Uh, there's there's a significant number of them. They're just like, yeah, I don't want that crap in my house because uh, I, I, don't, I don't I don't need it. Number one and number two, like, I'm just opening myself up for shit, right? I'm I'm happy to you know I, I'm happy to not have any of that stuff in my house, and I don't want it. I, I mean, I got to leave some of that stuff behind, thankfully. Which you know. yeah, and we actually have a story that relates to that particular subject in our back of the napkin today. That's right. Now you also um, yeah you also had an interesting driving experience at the at the forty oh, split. My Actual fuck. So let me tell you guys about this. So a lot of you are not familiar with Nashville, and that's okay. We have a roadway that is kind of a secondary-ish highway of sort. It's it's a state route. It's called Briley Parkway. And it is essentially the Grand Old Opry is located off of Briley Parkway. And exit six, Alpha and Bravo lead to 40 East and West. Phoenix is in the rightmost lane to go west on 40 when this UPS set of doubles, because he's hauling ass and taking names, comes flying up on her ass too fast because we're all taking the same exit, slings to the left of me, goes around me, cuts over to the right. I don't know how this car missed this truck other than to say i don't think you could have fit a coochie hair between that car and that trailer i had a set of passengers in my back seat and i because of my truck driving training i had already gone off my throttle foot covering the brake 
and started to decelerate because when I saw him coming over and that white car coming over, I was waiting to brace for impact of those two. Not that I would have been involved because my evasive maneuvers are on point and having driven, I could already see what was fixing to happen. But this damn, somehow the white car ends up going west. The fucking tractor trailer ends up going east. And I'll tell you what, y'all, I'm not a snitch, but if I could have tagged that asshole's fucking tractor number, I would have 100% reported him to UPS. Because I will tell you, that person in that white car, that white car was not very large. Uh, it was probably about the size of a Toyota Camry. <clears throat> that, that person would have gotten very hurt. And it would have been a very fucked up situation because I would have then had to have talked to the police, which I don't like doing, and possibly even have had to intervene because I have medical training. It was just a complete shit show in front of my eyes. So, you know, kudos to the driver of the white car for the amazing evasive maneuver that prevented them from missing collision with that trailer, but it certainly scared myself and the passenger that I had. I was furious as a former driver to see that. Yeah. And I think, I think I was, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think I was on the phone with you when that occurred. No, I, I don't think that you were, I, I don't think I had anyone. Uh, I might've either had Hempress Emily or possibly Tigger, but, um, it, it was really scary. Because, I, oh God, I I could just I'll, I'll tell y'all I could see that car going up under that trailer. That's that's all I could see. Like it it really made my heart like stop for a moment. It it was very scary. But something that uh, actually yeah, I want I want to I want to follow we, up with something. Yeah. On, I wanted I, I wanted to follow up on something in the in the in the chat, and I, I decided we should uh, um, that I should actually that I actually have some uh, I have some of my own BOTG experience with uh, the the casinos. Now, I, yeah, so we're going to circle back to uh, our I, casino compromise. Yeah, here. I wanted, yeah. So um, so in 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 my prior job, I uh, I, I actually did review. Uh, uh, I, I did do a um, I, I did do it like a you know, like a, a security review for one of the casinos. I'm not going to mention names and that. I can't can't do that, but um, I can say that um, if the if the casinos that I've talked to, and I've I've actually talked with a couple of them because because again because of the job I, I I've done, um, if they're anything like uh, with the, if they're anything like they were you know some years ago, these compromises don't surprise me in any way shape or form because they're not doing the right stuff. There's there's just a lot of there, there's a lot of they're you know they're I'm not surprised they're having security issues. That that, that that's that's all I'm going to say about it because they're. They're using so basically what you're saying is that these casinos are essentially betting on red with their security protocols and systems instead of making sure that they can stay in the black by using proper uh protocols well it's not even yeah it's not even not even necessarily the products which is i think it's the keyword yes Perca yeah but precautions yes it's because it, because a lot of when i when i was doing those security uh reviews i was i was looking at it as a, as a as a professional and granted i work for a specific company but that's not that's not the point of these uh, you know, my point of these exercises was yes it also would help them sell more product but uh, you know the, the sales teams but but the idea was hey look if you do these things your cybersecurity is going to get better whether you use our stuff or not right so um that's yeah, and that's but they they're they're not yeah they're not taking the proper precautions and they're and may not be using the proper products or using too many products right I mean it's 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 just kind of it's it's not surprising to me that the companies are having issues because yeah I've seen, I have a question though yeah as someone who is very much a a newborn in the world of cybersecurity 
Um, and, and I think you can speak to this because of your day job. What happens if, uh, let's say I, re- I represent company A and entity B has hacked my ass and said, if you pay us $2 billion, we'll release <clears throat> your shit. Company A, okay, I pay the two bill because, yeah, you know, I need to be able to work. And Entity B does not release your shit. Who the fuck you hold accountable at that point? You can't. That's right. So if you don't have backups, you got problems. But I mean, this this is what boggles my mind as a cyber tech Luddite, essentially, because the common sense of this is how do you know? First of all, if you're this, this is kind of like dealing with a terrorist. How do you know that this entity is going to be trustworthy? They've already hacked your system to ransom you for X amount of dollars. What the hell makes you think that by paying their ransom that they're going to release your shit in good faith? It's much like when people get kidnapped. How often do we see kidnapped victims who are ransomed dead? Or, you know, it just boggles my mind why you would not, as a company that has that kind of numbers and and that kind of flow, why you would not be covering your ass seven ways to Sunday. Well, there's two thoughts to that. Number one, it can't happen here. Um, and number two, yeah, actually, and MB. And, yeah, and, and number two, that um, actually that, that that the threat actors themselves have reputations, right? And this is and we've actually discussed this in, in some of the stories. Right? Are you talking about honor among, among thieves? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So. Unreal. Anyway, so I, I just wanted to touch on that. And by the and so it, it does not only doesn't surprise me that these things are having issues uh, that 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 the that the casinos are um, just for, just from what I've what I've seen of uh, the of, of the environments I've been exposed to. It just doesn't surprise me. Um, but um, and, and it's just it, it's kind of uh, but yeah. But it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, you know that the casinos are interconnected because in fact they are. I've, I've seen how some of these casinos do their do their stuff. They are connected. Of course they are. Right. They've got to be. So. Now, meanwhile, I'd like to hear about this closed Waffle House that you ran into. So this was really interesting because I don't think I've ever experienced a closed Waffle House. I didn't think they existed. You know, this shit's the stuff of lore. I had a ride that requested a certain Waffle House at a certain address. And as I'm coming up on it now, anyone who knows that uh, anyone who knows anything about a Waffle House, okay, The signs are yellow. They are block letter. You can see these things from a good distance away. Yeah, they're an institution here in the South. Um, You know, that was although although I was still weird. It was weird that I would experience a Cracker Barrel, which is also a Southern institution, by the way, in uh, in 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 Idaho, in Coeur d'Alene, of all places. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so go on. Well, there is one in Massachusetts and Connecticut as well, as far as the Cracker Barrel. But uh, we don't have a Waffle House, uh, subsequently enough. But that being said, so I found it interesting as I was coming down the hill toward this Waffle House or where the Waffle House was supposed to be, I didn't see the illuminated block letter Waffle House sign. But I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe, I I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I was thinking because I just found it strange. You know, a lot of a lot of times that's why I'm big on signage with doing rideshare is if I can see the sign, I know where I have to turn because the pin drop is not always extremely precise on these rides, you know, due to lag and what have you. 
you know, air again, tech is not perfect. So as I get up to it, it is not only boarded up, there is a fence around this Waffle House. And apparently my... What? Yes, I know. My passengers apparently were not paying attention because I kind of said, "Um, y'all, I don't think this one's open. So they had to decide to uh, choose a different one, which... This actually leads into a separate story about Waffle House because I experienced something I had never experienced also, which was a Waffle House that only did to-go orders. And I don't mean you go in, you order. I mean, these motherfuckers had a takeout window set up. So how difficult of a part of town do you have to be in where your Waffle House locks their employees in and only has a takeout window between the hours of like 9 p.m. and 7 a.m.? What a hard neighborhood that has to be. Well, it's, it reminds me of a uh, reminds me of a story that we have later on that uh, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, uh, meanwhile, um, I think we're I think we're out of I think we're out of rideshare stories here and it's time to Possibly. Yeah, um and in in the, this the next section is called Tastes Like Bitter Divorce. Now, we're not talking about my divorce which was which definitely didn't just taste like a bitter yeah, divorce. Yeah, mine wasn't too tasty either, but irrelevant. Actually, what we're talking about is this wonderful cart one of several that Hempress Emily M was kind enough to provide value for value with. And it's called, you're going to love it, folks, Divorce Cake. So I gave Foam Boy one of my batteries and installed the cart and said, what do you think? What's it taste like? He took a large hit off it and went, tastes like a bitter divorce. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's some of the funniest shit I think I've ever heard. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not I'm not a huge vape fan. I, I do not I do not partake of them very often because, quite honestly, I find it a lot harder to regulate how much of them I'm getting, and it, and it and when, when if you get too much of those things, oh my god, I I've, I've almost choked to death a couple of times on that stuff. So I oh yeah, you'll green out real easy on them bitches. Yeah, which is why I don't like to smoke them very much, and they either don't they either don't do enough or they do too or they or they do too much too quickly. But um, it, but yeah, that, so it's I don't I don't generally do them, but every now and again they're great. Um, so that's. And that's why we get them now. What was not great was something I ran into this week at work. Now, well, I, I think we need to make people aware of the fact that um, it has come to my attention that Bemrose needs more liquor. Yes, he probably does. Uh, Sir Bemrose has had a long week, so uh, yes, he, yeah, he's done being the GPS's bitch, I guess. Is, that's uh, right, but he's still a big box stores bitch. Yeah, the the G, the GP, GPS bitch, I think is uh, I think is I think a, GPS bitch is a good show title. Yes, I think so. Now, what I but I'm not happy about this because I so um, now and I we would hold on before we tell this story, guys. If you're in the chat, I want you to weigh in on this. This shit caused me to rage out because I saw this occur in real time. I had to be very um, very cautious with what I said because people who know me, or I should say. I'm known by people who work with and who Phone Boy works for. Yes. So I had to be very careful with what I said because they know me by name and they know I attend his sessions. And I did not want to, despite my 
absolute outrage at this. I did not want to jeopardize his day job. Yeah. So anyway, I, so I, uh, I, I do webinars every now and again and I have a, um, so I was doing a session and now I was having some, unfortunately I was having a bunch of technical issues and stuff like that. And a lot of things were just kind of going wrong. And so I get a bit, so I, I'm, I'm running a little bit late now. I had, uh, the, the, the background that I had up the last time I used zoom was, it was a, was a corporate background that had, uh, that had the company logo uh it had the um you know i think i think it said something along the lines of we stand united um and then and the israeli flag right so okay it's a really pretty background i want to just preface this if it's possible can we put that in the show notes so people can I'm, just see what this background looks like i'm not i'm not going to do that for reasons i think i think you understand i think you i think you understand let's, let's just say that it's a very beautiful background I, with an israeli flag that's all i will say yeah it's so anyway so i so i started getting I started getting, um, you know, during the session, I'm usually taking questions right in, in the, in, in the chat and Q and a and zoom. And I started, and I, and I, I started getting comments. Uh, one of them was like, okay, where's your, where's your Palestinian flag? And then, and then like, you know, somebody, and then I, at some point, I think it's like, I, I, so, and I'm, and I'm giving the session, by the way, I'm doing this on my, I'm doing this by myself. Right. So I didn't have anybody else to kind of run interference for me. So I'm kind of, I'm doing, and so I get, I get a second comment and then I'm, and then I'm like, and then I, it, it kind of, and then I, then I got a third one. And, I, and in the middle of my thing, I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, so I decided I, or I actually, I think at a second one, people start, you know, I don't know. I, they, they, I, I, I had to actually edit this recording before I posted it because it was a, um, but, uh, but people, but people were sending me comments and I just, and I basically said, and, 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 my, and I'm trying to do this in real time while remembering, Hey, I'm being recorded. People can see what I say. And I know, I, I know kind of how the company approaches things. And so I basically said, you know, guys, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not discussing the politics of this. And at some point I actually stopped the presentation and changed my background to my normal one that doesn't have any, uh, that doesn't have any Israeli flags in it or anything. He and literally had to stop his presentation because of these fucking infants yeah. who could not have the good God common fucking sense that the company he works for is located in the country of Israel. Ergo, even if there was not, a war going on, having that flag flying is not something that is meant to be a political statement. It is the home base of his company. And ergo, my personal opinion, maybe I'm off base here, I don't think that type of behavior belongs in any setting. And I put it in the context with Phone Boy. If I was still driving truck and Let's say I went to a shipper or receiver and they had a Palestinian flag hanging. If I blew an absolute gasket and started making shitty comments, you can bet your ass my company would get a fucking phone call about the misconduct of their driver. Yet these fucking mental midgets are allowed to make shitty ass comments and derail his fucking um, presentation because they're not smart enough to realize that this company is based in Israel. If for no other fucking reason, of course, you're going to stand with the company in which you're fucking based. I was flipping the fuck out. And I did make a comment in the chat of this particular um, presentation. Now, mind you, I did think about the fact that my words could potentially harm phone boy. So I was very careful with what I said, but I really think that my point was gotten across because come to think of it, and I didn't know it at the time, those comments were made to him 
privately. I could not see them. But what I put in the chat basically let people know we know what the fuck you're up to. I said it in a really professional way, which was basically if y'all have a, you know, apparently y'all forget where this company is based. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, and that's the thing. I mean, I look at this and I go, OK, so if you really and there, I saw a meme a while ago that came across NAS. And yes, I yes, I happen to like the memes. I don't purvey them very often, but every, but, 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 I, but I, I like a good meme. Uh, and, and, and it's and it's like, OK, well, if you, you know, there, there's an article that says, well, um, I hate Israel, but Israel makes the drugs that allow me to be trans. Um, you, you know, it's and, like, and as it was pointed out to me, because as you all have heard, phone boy and I both are uh, representing the Israel flag. We have one folded on our dashboards. And I'm just waiting for someone to say something to me about my flag in a negative connotation because I will simply inform them if you are so anti-Israel, then maybe you need to stop using the things that come, the products that come out of Israel like uh, the voiceover technology that your cell phone uses, the medications that Phoneboy was just referencing for trans people and other medical breakthroughs that have come out of that country. There's a lot of good that comes out of Israel. This isn't about the politics. It's about our friends who are in that country, who are potentially at danger at any moment in time. The sirens can be heard in communications when speaking with these folks. This is a bad situation. We are not getting into the politics of this. Safe to say we stand with the people of Israel and we support them and wish peace for them. Yeah, I wish everybody would have peace. But yes, but like I said, we're, you know, like, I guess I get paid by the Israelis. Do you think I'm not going to support the Israelis? You came to a company, you came to the webinar of a company who's based in Israel. You expect them not to support Israel? Are, are, are you anyway, just people. It's amazing. This is my point. This is my exact point. Apparently. These people forget where the company that they're doing business with is based. If you have that big of a deal with it, then maybe you need not be doing business with this fucking company and have a good time when your ass gets ransomware. Fuck you! All right, anyway, let's get off of that topic. Uh, yeah, because let, you know that is a hot button topic for me because I can't stand these people and the rhetoric that's going around like fucking Palestine or the goddamn good guys in this. They're the, you know, the fucking Hamas are the ones who fucking attacked Israel. Israel was minding their own fucking business. They came in and fucked shit up, and everybody's acting like they're the goddamn good guys. Right. Yeah, it pisses me off. You bet your ass. Yes. Meanwhile, Siri's on drugs again. Oh my God, this bitch. I swear to God. So I use Siri for a lot of things because my hands are always busy. They're either making something, writing something, typing something, you name it. I'm busy. I'm a busy bitch. I'm, I'm a multitasker. And it is ridiculous. I wasn't even talking to Siri, let alone what the crazy shit this bitch came up with on my screen I can't even. I don't remember exactly what was said, but it had nothing to do with the fact of her bringing up the the conjuring. Like some supernatural shit. And I'm like, where are you getting this from, you psychotic AI bitch? So we just like, yeah, series on fucking drugs. And I don't know what they are. And I don't know where she keeps them. But the bitch needs to share because she's on some shit.
But you know what's not on some shit? This new keyboard you got is amazing balls. Yeah, it is. It's it's just it's a it is you know two point four wireless uh, four gigger you know they went a little wireless dongle on the bottom of it and it's nothing special about it. I posted a picture of it in the chat and I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, we're and I've also got it paired with an old trackball of mine, which I which I actually I found the article I wrote for it in twenty I wrote about it in twenty ten. Uh, that's that's how you long. Put I, that in the show notes. Yeah, I guess I should put that in the show notes too. You all think? Not maybe I should. It, it, I, no, this is one thing I love about doing this show with you, phone boy. Is that like we often say uh, the show is us and and we are the show. We are we are never off, and yeah. this is just another example of that. That even when we're not on the mic, like y'all might think this is some shit we do, like as a kind of like a, a gag or whatever. This is our real life. Even if we were not on mic, I would be giving him shit to the degree that I do. He would be giving me shit. And I, I think this is, uh, tell your keyboard story, but then I'm going to tell the reason why I said we are the show and the show is us. Okay. So, I mean, there's not much to the keyboard story other than I, because I'd been using different uh, portable keyboards that had a, that had an attached touchpad. And I, I, I've decided yeah, that pretty much. Yeah, which has caused us. No yeah. end of aggravation when your playlist of 20 plus songs all of a sudden just fucking disappears. Yeah. So anyway, we've so, yes, I, I've, I, I have I've had this I've had this uh, uh, trackball, like I said, for well now like 14 years. And it's still um, it actually and it still works. You know, it's still it's you know, it's a it's a you know, it's a USB device. It, you know, it's still it still does its thing. And it's a, it reminds I mean, me of the one that my aunt had back when she had a computer in the 80s i was fascinated by this trackball mouse that she had and it was actually i think it was actually larger than the one that you have the one that she had actually was about the size of like a scotch tape dispenser you know those big heavy school scotch tape dispensers imagine that kind of in this particular shape of like a trackball mouse it was fucking huge you could use the bitch for a paperweight but oh. I remember I got pretty good maneuvering that bitch playing pool. I'm just saying. I had a I I actually had a a proper eight ball as the as the uh, as the track ball for my Kensington uh, track ball. In the that is sexy. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. that's badass. Yes, I I want to get one of those. Except yeah, they, except what they connect with these days, nothing nothing supports it. So I'd probably hopefully they make that newer sucks. ones. Of that. Yeah, well I'm sure maybe 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 they make those things again. But you may have to look into it. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, okay. The the other thing that's been going on this week is that I so before I, you tell that okay. I want to tell the story about why I said that we are the show and the show is us. Okay. So I worked an impromptu overnight the other night and I was dog ass tired by the time I came home. Like I <clears throat> I was on some definite autopilot trying to get home. I was so tired. So I knock out for a couple of hours and y'all, I don't understand you guys. I, I, I really don't. Bless your hearts. For whatever reason, my main man, my knight and shining armor, um, let's just say that there was a raise in consciousness on his part. And he woke me <clears throat> the fuck up. Because for whatever reason, he thought it was a blazingly great idea. Bloody well, I needed to be awake. To either watch him take care of this or let him fuck me. He woke me up to stick his woo-hoo in me. What is wrong with you men? 
What in the actual fuck is wrong with you men? I have to know this. I had two hours sleep. I didn't even know my own fucking name. And he's looking at me like, hmm, hey, baby. She got the pussy! I apparently do, but I think I'm going to have to get you a surrogate uh, pocket one for the nights when I have an impromptu overnight where you just can't get enough of the Phoenix and have to ride the fucking Valkyrie. I'll cradle the balls, stroke the shaft, work the pipe, swallow the grating. Yeah, you know what, Sir Bemrose? No, there is nothing that says I have to be awake for it, but that's called rape, darling. <laughs> Get off my tits! Yeah, that was basically what I was thinking. Like, I'm looking at you like, are, are you serious? Did you really just wake me up for this? But in my own defense... I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The fuck you don't either. I will say, in my own defense, ladies... If you really love your man, you're going to sacrifice that sleep. You're going to be like, all right, baby, give me a minute. Go to the bathroom. Freshen up a little bit. Then we're going to get into this shit. But two hours of sleep. Two fucking hours of sleep. You do understand during CPX, I'm going to return that favor in spades. Because I'm actually going to be going with you to Vegas. And I might go with you to another destination. I haven't decided yet. You can be assured. When you are dog tired, you are drugged out, I'm going to let you sleep for an hour or two, and then I'm going to wake you up with my mouth on your woo-hoo, and we're going to see how you like it. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Now, um, so the, the, we are the show. The show is us. Now, why, why, I still don't know why that, that you don't, you'd have to tell that story. But the, um, the so how does that relate to the we are the show? I guess it is just but that's just uh, that's just an anecdote of us, I guess. Right. This is because of the fact I had told you I was going to tell this story because a relational to rideshare, I pull an impromptu overnight and am dog-ass tired, which, by the way, actually happened last night. I'm running on about four hours of sleep at best because I worked late because I didn't get started until late and have made an official decision that if I, if I am not out of the house by 10 o'clock in the morning, arguably, on a Friday, my ass is in trouble because to make the big cake that I want to make, I'm, I have a two hour commute both ways. Sometimes more than that, like last night where I got stuck being down 24 before taking the last ride. And I was really sad because they had a really great promotion that if you did like 20 rides, you got $40. I was four rides away from making that fucking threshold. And I was just like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I still have a two hour drive home. I'm fucking tired. There is no way I'm taking four more rides. God only knows what those four rides would equate to time-wise. I probably wouldn't have gotten home till somewhere closer to like eight in the morning, by which time autopilot really would have been a thing. Because I can tell you there was definitely a time or two where my car was driving itself, and I cannot assure you that my eyeballs were open. It was rough. I got to start getting out there and getting at it earlier on a Friday. I mean, I love Rideshare Radio. You know, Friday, 8 p.m. Central. Y'all should be tuning in. It's a great goddamn time. And it keeps me going. But I also would really like it where if by the time Phone Boy initiates the Star Spangled Banner for Rideshare Radio, I'm sitting on my broadcast ball and saying goodnight to you pedalheads and so on and so forth. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, broadcast ball, I think, is a 
That's something we need to write down here. Uh, but anyway. Uh, That's so, the truth. Okay. So I think, all right. So now I'll, I'll get into to talking about the, the. Yeah, you need to talk about your stream. You know, my stream. So, this, so <laughs> this week I did manage to get, um, I, I, I did manage to get the server set up, but I haven't moved the stream over to it yet because I'm still working through liquid soap. Um, liquid soap is, uh, well, even with the configuration files from no agenda, it's uh, a little, it, it's going to require a little bit more work than I, uh, than I anticipated. I did get the other things on that server moved over, which meant also fixing a bunch of crap. God, yeah. yeah. Uh, here, you use Jekyll to create your, your website. Well, then you have to maintain a fucking Ruby on rails application that fucking that with dependencies that change and oh my God, getting that shit fucking working. Cause, um, yeah, that's part of that. that that's what that runs on. And unfortunately it generates these nice handy html files now unfortunately when you if you don't keep your uh, you don't keep your gems and your and all this shit up to date it, it gets really broken and then you've got to try and figure out how to make it all work and so had to get that working plus all the you know all the shell scripts i used to move everything around and so yes i got I, i'd also moved our lounge server that we use when we participate in the troll room so we did lose a little bit of chat history from earlier this week but um but small price to pay. Small price to pay. But we're on a new server, and it's been. It seems to. So yeah, and, and yeah, and I think our um, our actual you know the stream. I don't know if it seems to be any better or not, but the um, but yeah, I think we've. Uh, I think right now we are uh, that. Uh, we're, I'm still working on that. That's probably going to be a, something I do. But I, but the good news now is I can actually test it, and I have a second. I have a second stream running that I can use, or that I can use to do all this testing and get it working the way I want to before I switch the DNS over. I can actually tell you that from a user perspective, running the stream for Rideshare dropped many less times over the last few days than it had previously. And part of that is because that's the only thing on that server now is... No. Yes, yeah, so you're not overtaxing it. That's great. Yeah, but well, I'm just saying, nothing for me is more aggravating than... For whatever, and like I understand when I go into the airport that that's going to happen. There's a shit ton of waves running around and they're going to interrupt my stream. But at the end of the day, when I'm outside the airport, that fucking stream should not be dropping off of my Bluetooth situation on my car because I literally have to rekey my code into the phone and usually have to refresh the page for the music to start again. And we all know what happens when, God forbid, Phoenix touches her fucking phone for the music with a rider in the car. Ooh, we get a report from Lyft that you're playing with your phone, which we forgot to fucking mention in Toast and Jam, the fact that, oh, yeah, I got another fucking report from Lyft that I supposedly was on my phone uh, driving erratically and making threats. Isn't that delicious, folks? Yeah. None of that. Okay. Other than the fact that, yes, I was on the phone. I was not making threats. I simply stated that if our neighbor, who seems to think he needs to be Mr. Uh, HOA police, and come over and bug us, unfucking invited that if he were to start with Sir Phone Boy, uh, and if he were to take a swing at Phone Boy, that it would not end well for him because I would not be standing by and letting him assault my man. It's not going to happen. Okay. Not that it would come to that, but you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, I forgot to mention the fact that I got, you know, supposedly reported for being on the phone and making threats and driving erratically. I wasn't driving erratically. 
Okay. These assholes who have no bumpers on their cars, these people who don't know how to use a signal light or don't understand what mirrors are and just come over because it's all about me. Those are the assholes driving erratically, not me preventing us from getting into a wreck or having to brake slightly hard because some jerk off thinks that the space cushion that I left so as to see that I know from driving a truck, my eye lead is a lot more than most drivers. I'm looking at least a quarter to as far as I can ahead, you know, a quarter mile at least ahead of me. So when I see everybody's jacking their brakes and nobody else on, you know, closer to me is putting their brakes on, yeah, I'm starting to decelerate. Maybe my foot's off the gas. Maybe I've actually deployed my brake pedal because I can see what the fuck's coming. I don't want to have to be the person who at the last minute has to jam their brakes on because their head's up their ass because they're reading a text message, talking on the phone, or doing their fucking makeup. Not to mention you dashboard diners who think that it's a restaurant inside your fucking car. Well, all right. How about we how about we uh, change the subject and go to voicemails? I think we need some voicemails. Yes. So um, so today's topic is uh, how do you, what what's your favorite season? Two five three two three seven three three two one. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's see what let's see what our callers had to say. Hello, hello, hello. It's a Saturday. Oh, yeah. Hello, Phoenix. Hello, fun boy. Um, my favorite season. I'm going to go kind of right now, actually. I'd have to think about it more, but I think I'm more of like the least where I live in, in theme of nine. Um, I'd, I'd have to say like spring or fall, but I like fall just because the leaves and, and whatnot and, uh, starts to cool down. Like, I like spring, but then I'm like, ugh, summertime. It gets hot here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with fall as far as the seasons. But we're talking food, burrito season, because everything could be a burrito. We went on, going on a road trip today and uh, going on a road trip, yeah, on a road trip today and uh, watched us mix up some, like, rice and eggs and stuff like that. I was like, this should be a burrito. Because, you know, just ordered a tortilla shell. Where there we are. So, anywho. All right. Love you guys. That dangerous. And caca! Caca! You know what? I'm not going to lie. That rice and egg shit sounds delicious. Yeah. I'm all about burrito season. Food burrito. Yeah, bur- I think food. Bur- I think burrito season is, uh, I think. I uh, like burrito season. That yeah, works. Also go with pho. P-H-O. Mm-hmm. As, as in the. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, and the calls keep coming in. We, so yeah, they do. Yeah, so two five three two three seven three three two one. Then we got uh, we got this. Get call. in on this. Hey y'all, uh, my favorite season is fall. I love the smell of like with the leaves and fires burning and just a fresh smell. So yeah, I love the fall. Hope you guys have a great show. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye, Wookie. Thank you, Wookie. Yeah, fall is <clears throat> fall is fantastic. I agree. The smell of the leaves and you know the the campfires. There's and there's a feel to fall that is something that you don't get with any other season. It's just I, I call it like the pumpkin spice feel. And I know a lot of people are not into pumpkin spice. It actually has nothing to do with pumpkin spice. It's just that kind of feeling where you're it, you're ready for the the hot apple cider 
and the snuggly blanket and the cool evenings where you can finally keep your windows open without it being so drastically humid and sticky. And there is, there is a smell that comes with fall. And yeah, it's, it's the falling leaves. It's the, it's the fires. It's, it's everything. Now, I, I, I think this is interesting and I'm actually kind of, this, I'm kind of tripping out on this. So the, uh, the Jewish new year, the uh, Rosh Hashanah, right? It, it actually comes in the fall. It's part of the, that is. Oh, that's a, neat. Yeah. So that is, that is what it, the, the, you know, the Jewish calendar, of course, I don't think anybody uses the Jewish calendar. I think, they, but, but they, but all the holidays and everything, of course, are in, 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 in that term. So when they're talking about Jewish holidays and, you know, there's so people, so, you know, if, if, depending on how Orthodox year, I probably do know what you know, what year it is in the Jewish calendar. But yes, the Jewish the Jewish New Year starts in the fall. It starts in the fall, which is kind of I just found that kind of That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, uh, New Year. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, you know what else is interesting? We've got another voicemail. Yeah, we got another one. My favorite season. You would think it would be summer because I like it hot, but actually, it is spring. I'm rejoicing that. Winter is finally over. The trees are blooming. The grass is greening. The flowers are blooming. I'm thinking about what to plant. So it is spring. Thank you so much, Mama T. Yeah, I I like spring myself. Um, That feeling of... The, the nice warm sun on your face where the crocuses are blooming. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really a fan of the pastel colors that come with the whole Easter debacle. And just that, that really, you know, the, the renewal of life. The trees are budding. The grass is, you know, that pretty green, you know, from, from the dead uh, winter brown that it usually is. It, spring is a magical time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm much more of a fan of spring, especially. Um, yeah, around here, it seems like I, I know Sir Bemrose is commenting about the fact that fall happens around here on a Tuesday. Yeah, usually in September, but um, that's yeah, it's about as much as you get of it with it with a with a fall. It, it in goes, the P and W, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, exactly. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, exactly. Don't blink. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's, it's you might get a day where it's like 70 degrees and it's still kind of nice outside. But then, yeah, that lasts a day or two and then you're done. <laughs> so That's what it kind of feels like here in, in the south. But again, it's you still have time Two five three two three seven three three two one. Tell us what your favorite uh, season is, Pedalheads, like yeah. this next one. Hi, this is Mama Lee. My favorite season is Christmas. I start buying stuff on Christmas, and I go until the next Christmas before I'm done. I love seeing the faces of all the kids. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Well, that sounds like your mom. I'm going to die. Christmas is not a fucking season! There's fall... There's spring, there's winter, there's summer, there's four. Christmas is not a season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Anyway. I'm going to die. <laughs> All right. Let, let, let's, let's, let, we need the next caller. Let's play the next caller. Oh, hello, Puckleheads. Hello. Uh, favorite season. Um, 
because I live in the Midwest and we have all the seasons, I'm going to go with summer because I hate being cold. But for uh, outdoorness and activities and beauty of this oxygenated rock we live on, fall. Long live fall. Have a good show. Bye. I agree with that. I I love me some summer. The you know, um, the nice warm temperatures. Puckleheads. That, that's yeah, that came Puckleheads from, is definitely a show title. Yes, that, that came into the into the show title list here. Oh, we we Ooh, got, we got a new we, uh, we, new we voicemail get, coming get, in. Yeah, so, hey, be part of this party, y'all. Two five three two three seven three three two one. And you know what? After we're done playing all of our recorded voicemails, we're going to open up the phone lines. So if you all want to be live, which we have done occasionally, and uh, I believe this caller that just called in uh, has gotten caught in the live call trap at least twice but i have to agree with hempress emily that summer is an amazing season because i love the beach even being a fire sign like give me beach and ocean all day long i like i'm not gonna lie i like them scantily clad babes like mm, there's some definite eye candy and 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 mama like has a sweet tooth but uh yeah the nice warm days, the the just feel of summer has a great energy to it. So I'm I'm all about that as well. Yes. Um, so we have. Uh, yeah. So we have to play this uh, voicemail here. Uh, so we'll we'll play it. Um, my favorite season is uh, probably salt. I'm gonna go with uh, gonna go with paprika or maybe pepper. Uh, but salt, you know, we all like salt on everything. Maybe MSG. <laughs> MSG makes everything taste better, pretty much. Uh, so uh, either salt or uh, MSG is my favorite season. That's seasoning, <laughs> Ned. Ned, you would know that if you weren't a DLR fan. Yeah, jeez. Um, yeah. So um, okay, we've got one more voice. <laughs> Thank you for that, though. That is beautiful, and I and I will open up the phone lines after this uh, after this uh, voicemail. Here we go. What's up, everybody? It's weirdo. I'm calling from a landline. Yeah, so I hope it sounds okay. Um, my favorite season is going to have to be uh, spring. I'm in agreement with all that. Um, so I spent some time, uh, we lived in East Texas for like uh, three and some years, and there was a lot of sand and dry, and I came home back to southeast Kansas in the middle of the spring, and it was just so green. Oh, my God, I love it. Um my favorite my favorite time in spring is right after a thunderstorm comes through and washes everything off and then you get the sunshine behind it with the storm off in the background and everything just shining so beautifully oh, it's it's awesome and then when the flowers start blooming since I work outside um, I get to see everything as it happens and I absolutely love it I also love spring because that's when the sun dresses come out. Mm-mm. That's probably my favorite. Anyway, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much, weirdo. Yeah, like I said, spring is a kick-ass season. And, you know, it's it's interesting because we're kind of trying to decide, phone boy and I, when he finally, you know, hits a knee and asks that all-important question, what season ultimately would be the best to 
you know, have our nuptials in. And, and we still have not fully decided on anything concrete. But if you have a concrete answer to what your favorite season is, or seasoning, as Ned, Ned has pointed out, 253-237-3321. Oh, wait, oh, and we got another voicemail here. Yeah, I'm trying, as I'm sitting here trying to do that. Actually, we've got two voicemails. Holy crap. Keep them coming, Pedalheads. I, I know, I should probably, actually, I should probably turn off the do not disturb. You here. should do that, because I think that's what people are waiting for. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> let's let's play this particular voicemail. Hi, we're sorry, but we didn't quite get the question that Fred Bemers decided to run into my fucking room while I'm in the middle of a fucking game and tell me I needed to call you to tell you what the fuck my favorite seasoning is. Garlic salt. Best seasoning ever. It goes with everything. It goes with meats. It goes with salads. Well, not exactly salads, but you know what I mean. And it also goes with rice dishes and holy crap, take it out in the middle of winter, sprinkle it on some snow, munch on the snow, there's your dessert for the day. Anywho, that's my favorite seasoning. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Das Vidania. Holy shit, my brain is on vacation. Who gave me all the coffee? Where's my coffee? Who took my coffee? Oh, my God, Phoenix, you little... Ah, you took my coffee. Ah, give it back. Give it back. Give me my coffee back. Anywho, guess what? Love y'all. Take care. I come by. And how the fuck do I hang up again? Son of a bitch. Thank you, Dame Bemrose. Good God, we haven't had a Dame Bemrose voicemail in ages. That was on point. Thank you a million times. And that's right, Dame Bemrose. I stole your fucking coffee, and I'm not sorry. Yeah, well, I, I need more coffee, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm too busy doing a show right now to make and, coffee. And we love you and Sir Bemrose, and we can't wait till the next time we get to hang out with you fine folks. Quality people. Love you guys. Exactly. And I lo- yes, love you guys. We have one more voicemail, and we're, we do, I, do have the, I do have the phone lines open. He finally opened them up! Yes, I know. We'll play this voicemail. Be- because there's nothing on the voicemail. Apparently, it was a. It was a. Uh, oh, that's it, interesting. Yes, it was an empty voicemail. So, it, um, however, it goes with empty brains, which we occasionally have. Yes, that does happen. Okay, but now we've got the uh, phone lines will, however, stay open during the second half of our show. So, if you want to fuck up the show, when we love when you do two five three two three seven three three two one. What's your favorite season or seasoning? Give it to us, pedalheads. We can take it. That's right. Okay, so now we are going to move. So we're going to move on to the. Uh, so meanwhile, we're going to move on to the higher consciousness snake segment. You know, you have to pl- you have to you have to plug in the. Uh, here. This this is what happens when Phoenix is desperately trying to do shit because Phone Boy has a brilliant idea of we need to you know he's behind the mic going I'm taking these out of the script because we've already gone blah 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 along so I've got to remove the clips for the stories that he wants to put now in the leftovers for the next week for getting to plug the major chord back in so maybe we need to try that again. I'll take a drink, and I my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. That is right. I do not freebase cocaine. But you know what I do do? Uh, <laughs> I do do. No. Um, I clean my glassware, folks. And this was a thing recently because I was looking at strawberry shortcake and sadly, the uh, the 91% isopropyl that you usually use to clean your glassware will, as I have found, take the paint 
job off of Strawberry Shortcake and Wonderland. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to clean this particular piece of glassware as well as to not take the paint off. So somehow I got lucky and I took some salt because we grind our own sea salt from the stuff we get at Costco, took some isopropyl, took some salt, threw it in there, clogged both of the openings and just shook the ever loving shit out of it. I didn't kill the paint job and strawberry shortcake has never been cleaner. And I found that when I put it all back together and took my rips, oh my God, the difference was night and day. You don't burn as much green. It tastes cleaner. You can get that nice taste of the bud and not that nasty ech of the resin. It just is an all-around good thing to do. So pro tip from your favorite pedal head host, clean your glassware, folks. It makes a huge difference. Well, I mean, I also noticed it too. Now, I posted a link in the chat to the uh, to to the glassware that we cleaned. All all of that actually was cleaned in the same uh, in, in the same large uh, jar. Yeah, 90- I believe that was actually a jar of the pasta sauce that doesn't have a lot of hot fresh garbage in it. Yes. that we use. And you had said that we started with like a small mayo jar and you were like, "I think we need a bigger jar with a lid." So when we used the sauce one time it was i think it was a costco jar no of yeah it was sauce. A, yeah of the, of the rouse sauce yeah right and you were mm. like that is a perfect size and literally this thing took captain spaulding the stem to my bong uh caddyshack which is the golf ball looking bowl to my bong and didn't you put something in it yeah well i put yeah so i put yeah i put in i put in freedom and uh big red in, in there okay so for anybody who's counting that's three bowls a stem and a bong bowl in one jar yes you're either a great fucking tetris master or that's a big damn jar well it's a little of both because uh, you do have to get the, the, it, it did require a little bit of tetrising to get them all in there however but you managed it and you left them sitting on the side of the sink in the bathroom and they look really good yeah so yeah i mean what i did what i did okay just didn't for, for the for the other cleaning part of it i let them soak in there for a little while and then last night after we after uh, after rideshare radio i went and i went and actually finished cleaning out now of course you have to do a little bit more scrubbing and and, and i actually put put uh, put the rock salt in my uh, in my in the bowls right it's so, a really good mm. way to get the abrasion you need. Even my youngest son, Phoenix Jr., when I showed him the salt trick in his bong, was completely blown away. He now keeps his glassware clean enough you could eat off of it. I'm I'm very proud. Yeah. So, and I can tell you that when I did this, because I because I because yes, I have enough I have enough pieces of glassware that I can I can always have a clean one. And when so when one is getting so when when uh, when I uh, when I want to when I need to clean the one I'm currently using, I can swap it for a clean one and, and put yeah, the other. Yeah, you one have the, Aaron Asper plus one. Yes. So. It is, uh, but yes, we're using, um, no, we're, yeah, we're, you know, we're using 91% uh, rubbing alcohol, which, uh, which, uh, works pretty well. Yeah. You could, uh, cheap, uh, cheap vodka from Costco would be great if I could buy it at freaking Costco here, but then. Yeah. If only they fucking sold that at Costco here. That's one of the things that I believe you guys have over us is that 
you have a Costco that sells liquor, serve Emeralds, and, and we sadly do not. Yeah, that's just that's just the state liquor laws. You know, of course, uh, you know this this also up into uh, yeah. Basically, the only reason Costco uh, is selling is able to sell liquors because well, they wrote the voter approved initiative that uh, that allowed them to do so. So you know, that's just exactly. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how that works. But yeah, cheap vodka we, also works. But I, I buy yeah I buy uh, you know I bought like four gallons of freaking ninety one percent rubbing alcohol, and, and we still have a good bit. Um, we literally, I just handed you a bottle today, uh, fair and equitable. I believe we have four bottles left in the back stock. When we get down to arguably two bottles, that's when we will reorder it. But I, I have no regrets in the price we paid for the amount we got. It works phenomenally. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that I've got, so I have enough glassware to be able to keep things clean and I've got, and I've also got glassware. And I have enough bong bowls to keep things clean because I switched between Caddyshack and I don't remember what we named the first bowl we bought for strawberry shortcake after we moved here. I don't remember either. That's the one that's currently sitting in it. Yeah. So there you go. But so, yeah, I mean, bottom line guys, if you keep your stuff, if you keep your stuff clean, it will, you're going to definitely, you will, you will smoke less because it'll take less to get there because yes, that's, that's, I can kind of look at my bowl and go, okay, it's probably time. Um, It's a little harder. Some of them, it's a little harder than others, but uh, ABBA, ABBA in particular is kind of is the more difficult one to look at and go, "Mm." But for the most part, if like every couple of weeks you rotate your glassware out, you shouldn't run into any yuck. I mean, I, I've been looking at Wonderland over here, which, of course, you all have seen the pictures of. It's a three chamber uh, bong and trying to get enough isopropyl and rock salt in that bitch to clean it is going to be a challenge. But fear not, your girl Phoenix is up to that challenge and we'll report back if we are successful in managing to get it completely clean to the specifications that I would like. All right. Meanwhile, um, so I think we're, so yeah, this, the stories I skipped were in the higher consciousness segment. So let's go to the back of the napkin. iPhone, my phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline and the phone should be made out of Bakelite. That's right. And as far as, uh, what Phoenix is cooking. I bought two by Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating. Oh, that clip misfired. It didn't. I don't know why it did. That is actually going to be the new opening for what's Phoenix cooking. And as far as what I'm cooking tonight, well, guys, I've got plenty of leftovers because I took Sunday of this past week to make enough food so that phone boy and the matriarch would have dinners and that I could work as much as I needed to, which I anticipate doing again this Sunday so that I know that all they have to do is put it on a plate or bowl, heat it up in the microwave, and they have a nutritious meal that they did not have to devote a lot of time to because I know my mom does not like to cook and phone boy gets busy doing his work stuff and it can be easily seven or eight o'clock at night when his brain reminds him, uh, you know, you were supposed to make dinner for the matriarch. And she ends up eating fucking meat sticks. So Phoenix has decided as the resident culinary expert in the Lotus, Casa Lotus, that she'll just cook a few things on a Sunday, put them in containers for the week because we have a seven day rule. So they have more than enough time to be consumed. So I said, fuck it. We are at the point where 
We are going to have leftovers because A, it means I can enjoy more time in Studio 33. And it also gives me less time I have to take before I can get the chapter markers done, because that's a big thing that we do for our show. That's right. Now, uh, meanwhile, um, I think it's time for the next story. Don't slam the fucking door. Um, so <clears throat> now I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the headline for this. And, and I want to tell you what I thought about it before I actually, and then I'll read the article and I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what I, uh, what I think about it after. So Chamberlain blocks smart garage door opener from working with smart homes. That sounds like a good idea to me because considering how insecure smart homes are, but uh, unfortunately it doesn't quite go like that. So Chamberlain group, which is the owner of most of the garage door opener brands like LiftMaster, Chamberlain, Merlin, and Griff and Griffco, um, it would like its openers to stop using smart home things with its MyQ smart garage door openers. Now, the company recently issued a statement decrying unauthorized usage of its smart garage door openers. That's unauthorized usage by the people who bought the garage door openers. Ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, Chamberlain's customers want to trigger the garage door and see its status through third-party smart home apps, and Chamberlain doesn't want that. Now... Now, the obvious question, on to us anyway, is why would any garage door opener care about customers using its garage door opener? You sell your garage door opener. Isn't that the goal? Right? Yeah, well, quick- apparently not. Much like the car companies who want to collect all the data on you, like uh, what your sex habits are. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the, a quick perusal through the App Store reviews reveals what's going on. Now, the iOS app is sitting pretty at 4.8 stars, but the Android app has suffered a wave of one-star reviews starting in October. Now, if you actually read the reviews on the Android app, you'll figure it out. It isn't, it isn't here only to open your garage door. It's here to display ads and upsell you on services. Using third-party apps would get around Chamberlain's hardware app as an ad platform strategy, so they are now banned. Another part of this is probably the plug at the end of the Chamberlain statement to check out our authorized partners, which includes companies like Amazon and Alarm.com. Now, presumably these authorized partners are paying a fee to work with garage door openers that have already been sold to customers. Now, Home Assistant founder Paula uh, uh, Schlotzen writes that while Chamberlain Group has never responded to Home Assistant's request to work together, the open source project cannot pay a partnership fee. Not only is this financially not viable, it also goes against our values. This integration is being removed in next month's release, though Schlotzen says we would happily welcome this integration back if Chamberlain Group would work with us for the good of their customers. Now, for users stuck with a Chamberlain garage door opener, Home Assistant recommends a little circuit board called a rat, a rat go, rat do, which is specifically meant to hack into Chamberlain LiftMaster garage door openers. This connects the garage uh, door button wires to your Wi-Fi, something Chamberlain presumably can't break on purpose, and freely communicates with everything. It can even report back the actual status of the door, closed opening, open closing somehow. When it comes to these kinds of devices, the only winning move seems not to play with any of these vendors i mean seriously like it's just another example of the fact that you are you are what they're marketing to you're the product yes you're yeah even even if you're paying for the product you're still the product it seems like it precisely because yeah, it because it, it used to be you know, i remember in the early days of the internet say if you're not paying for something you're the product well now guess what everybody's the product. now everybody's the product exactly i think i have to and, and we actually have another story a little bit later that really speaks to that but for right now we're going to talk about this can we forget about the hack and suffer just last week i know i find it interesting that last week i was talking about a gentleman that i had had as a rideshare customer and the company with which he worked and here you go 
This week, that company suffered a security breach. Yes. Uh, now, because, of course, I met someone who works for this company, that's why we're covering this. Security and data analytics company Simologic disclosed a security breach after discovering that its AWS account was compromised last week. The company detected evidence of the breach on Friday the 3rd after discovering that an attacker used stolen credentials to gain access to a Simologic AWS. AWS account. Now, Sumo Logic says its systems and networks weren't impacted during the breach and that customer data has been and remains encrypted. Immediately upon detection, we locked down the exposed infrastructure and rotated every potential exposed credential for our infrastructure out of an abundance of caution, the company said. Which, by the way, is a good if Yeah, if you if you have, if you have a, these situations like that, that is actually that is the best practice is if that if the credentials, you know, sort of it's sort of the point the 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 the, uh, uh, the fruit of the, you know, I don't know, the fruit of a poison tree or something like that. You want to make because if if those compromise credentials got compromised. Anything those credentials had access to probably got compromised. So yeah, you should. Yeah, probably and he told a friend, and he tells a friend, and he tells a friend. That's, yeah, that, that's how, how it a lot. Of, that's how a lot of these compromises work. Is you get access to one system, it gives you access to another system, that gives you access to another system, and so on. And so it's a domino effect. Yeah. So any now, credentials that things said, touch. Yeah. The company said they're continuing to thoroughly investigate the origin and extent of this incident. They've identified the potentially exposed credentials and have added extra security measures to further protect their systems. These measures involve enhanced monitoring and addressing potential vulnerabilities to prevent similar incidences in the future. The company also continues to monitor network and system logs to identify any indications of additional malicious activity. Now, in light of these developments, Sumo Logic advised customers to rotate credentials used to access its services or any credentials shared with Sumo Logic for accessing other systems. And I want to point out your company is the cybersecurity vendor for this company. They better not get this wrong. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, on, but no, and, and you can't. No. And you can't. I, I, I can't. But what I'm saying is I, I'm trying to give your company a compliment in that this could have been a shitload worse. Well, and I think... Here, Shit happens. Your company's here, here, not fucking infallible. Here, no company is. No, exactly. But if they were covered by a different company, uh, I think this might have been much no, worse well, is what I'm that, saying. It, it, well, it may or may not be. I don't know the nature of the thing. This is this is something that happened in AWS. It's a, it is a, this is, it's a misconfiguration somewhere else. And it, no vendor is going to cover every possible uh, every possible uh, in, uh, point of entry. However... No, they uh, can't. Yeah. So this is... Perhaps, I, I don't know if... The, to be honest, I don't know enough about this hack to know if we could, if this is something we could have detected in our stuff. I'm not sure about that. However, it right, is, and, it, and I'm not trying to throw your company under the bus because I love your company. I want to work for them someday. Yeah. No, it's just, but but it isn't. But no, that, but it's interesting that what this company's job is is to help uh, help you find when or to, to 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 notify you when you've when you've been breached and when with your security controls that may not be actually preventing stuff. I just find that ironic that and then and, and there are some there are some threats you absolutely cannot prevent, right? And so it, it's you know. That's you my point. You do the best you can. So it's interesting. This company is a. It's part of their job is to actually provide this kind of a, you know, this kind of intelligence for for their for their customers to be able to find incidents and that kind of thing. So it's interesting. So like I said, it's a, you you know, a company like this is obviously it's kind its of own products. It's kind of a cosmic joke in a way. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, I think you know you know what's not a cosmic joke though. Here's a quick guide to the sounds your AirTag can make. 
Yes, after a viral TikTok trend spurred tens of thousands of car thefts this summer, cops in Washington, D.C., yeah, the other, yeah, not, not to be confused with the other Washington I lived in, started realizing that it was much easier to recover stolen vehicles that could be tracked with Apple's AirTags. Um, it's one of the reasons I think we got Apple AirTags is because it was... It, yeah, it, this was a thing where you were like, here, here's a... And I always crack up when I use the bathroom because I get a notification within a few minutes of going into the bathroom that the name of my car can no longer be detected. And I know nobody has taken my fucking car. This thing has security up the wazoo. And the amount of time it takes me to go in the bathroom and come back out, trust me, nobody's stealing my fucking whip. Because of this, the Metropolitan Police Department uh, rolled out a pilot program this week doing, uh, doling out free tracking devices to residents in D.C. areas while cops are seeing the greatest increase in vehicle theft, according to a press release from the office of D.C. Mayor, uh, Mayor uh, Muriel Br- uh, Bowser. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ugh. Now, over the next few days, MPD will hand out the tracking devices, both air tags and tiles at distribution events where officers will help residents hide the devices in their vehicles and pair the device to their phones. Now, residents will be able to choose whether they want an air tag or a tile, MPD said. And once the device is installed, only the resident will have access to tracking information as the sole owner of the device. But they will be required to share data with police if their vehicle is stolen, which you know, makes sense. It would help them get the vehicle back, right? At a press conference, acting chief of police, Pamela Smith, declined to say how many tracking devices would be distributed to D.C. residents. But she noted that more than 1,000 residents signed up for a wheel lock distribution program similarly designed to prevent car thefts. Obviously, it didn't do enough to to do that. At the same event, Bowser said that thousands of residents signed up for a private security camera incentive program, receiving a $500 rebate after installing security cameras outside their homes or businesses that the police now have access to the footage for. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. While MPD made it clear that the device can only be accessed by the owner of the device. Uh, the price of participating in the pilot seems to be a promise to cooperate with law enforcement if a resident's car is ever stolen. Oh, yeah, there's no nefariousness in that at all. MPD's program is similar to a program implemented in the New York Police Department back in April, giving out free air tags in neighborhoods experiencing a 548% increase in stolen Hyundai and Kia it makes. Oh, uh, that makes me feel so much better. Yes. An, NY, an, NY, an NYPD account posted on X, which is then known as Twitter, pointed to air tags uh, as, a, as a key tool in 21st century policing. The 21st century calls for 21st century policing. Air tags in your car will help us recover your vehicle if it's stolen, the NYPD chief of, 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 a, de- of a department account said. Now, we'll, we'll use our drones, our star chase technology, and good old-fashioned police work to safely recover your stolen car. Help us help you. Get an air tag. Yeah. I wonder how much okay. Apple's paying for that. Well, not only that, but am I wrong that the cops could have access to this air tag as well? Well, you, I don't, so you, I think you'd have to actually share that with somebody. And by default, it's not done. It's that's not done. However, you know. OK, but here's the thing. But it, riddle me this, Batman. The police are giving you an air tag. They assign that air tag so they can monitor your vehicle. Let's just say let, let's go plaid for a moment. They're giving out these air tags to, you know, people who under the guise of, oh, in case your whip gets stolen. Uh, how many of these people, let's just arguably say, possibly are dealing illegal substances? What a great way to keep track of the bad guys. Give them a free air tag. 
Well, so here's the thing, though. It actually, here's the so okay. My, th- th- I can only explain this. So theoretically, right by default, when you pair the AirTag with your fo- with your phone, yeah, only you can see the, the the location of that. Now, much like you can share your own personal location on you know like with Apple devices, we you know like I can. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. Check it out. What if that's one of the requirements? Like, what if that's the cops? What the cops are telling people is, oh, you know. It, you have to sh- in in order to for this to work. You have to share your data or your permission or whatever with us. That way, if your car's ever stolen, all we have to do is just you know clickety clickety click, call it up in our system. Did do you see the the path down which I'm? Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Well, of course, they could also, you know, that's that's also the legitimate way to do it. There's probably other ways to track these things without that. So. I understand, but I mean, for me, this just screams suspicion. On the part of the cops. I'm just saying. Yes. Now, I would just say, look, get one for yourself, right? I mean, whether you decide to share with the police. They're not that fucking expensive. No, they're not. I would much rather buy my own AirTag than to trust one that was given to me a finger wag free from the fucking local Leos. Like, come the fuck on. Do you people not smell the bullshit, especially in D.C.? Yeah, I'm. I'm, Come on. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of over this story. So can we can we move on to the junk? We trip? absolutely can. Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries. Yeah, uh, this, uh, yeah, that's that's just how I feel after all of this anyway. So, yeah, basically McDonald's. So McDonald's. Had, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But McDonald's had a restaurant in downtown San Francisco. They they had to close it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the, and, the, and basically the guy, the guy who owned it said, you know, re, you know, re, operating the restaurant and uh, operating any restaurant in San Francisco is a challenge because it's been impacted by high office building vacancy rates and visitor trends that have not recovered since the pandemic uh, in the. And, you know, Roderick, uh, the guy who owns it, Scott Roderick, who's the McDonald's franchise owner, he says it continues to be a tough place to own and operate a restaurant business irrespective of price point. He said traffic at the restaurant has dropped off a cliff. Now, office building vacancies, the environment, uh, the environmental atmosphere of downtown sidewalks and a tepid return by tourists and conventioners all drove the decision to close the restaurant, Roderick wrote. It's a, it's a troubling development for the commercial real estate industry because the crisis is spreading. And given that retail businesses rely heavily on office workers, it spells disaster for any recovery in the local economy in the short term. Now, uh, yeah, there has to be, there ha- you know, they don't have office workers. They don't have tourists. Um, you know, of course, now there, there's maybe people are starting to realize that maybe, maybe, maybe this is just not, you know, it's a great. So you got, now you've got Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce, San Francisco's largest employer in Anchor tenant the city's tallest skyscraper urged radical democrats in city hall to reverse course on defunding the police this call from benioff alongside other top business leaders suggests a growing separation from previously woke policies pushed by city hall however these calls to reverse disastrous progressive policies could be too late just what we need more bullshit to defund the police yes yeah pressure on democrat layer liar probably um, london breed mayor london breed was increased increasing she embarrassingly reversed course on her defunding the police initiatives. Now, perhaps in the next local election, law-abiding taxpayers 
taxpayers in San Francisco, if there are any left, may consider demanding accountability from Democratic leaders for the city's collapse, which has led to some of the areas in the metro area being com- comparable to the hellholes of Detroit and Baltimore City. Damn, yeah. that's a strong fucking statement. Yes, it is. And yeah, there's a reason I'm not, even when we're going there, I'm not looking to go up to the city because... It, it, no, we it, talked about the fact we originally were like, oh, you know, maybe want Nah, no. I'm good not to go to San Fran, if I'm honest. And, uh, you know, despite the fact I don't have a choice about going to this place. The distraction of the week. Hey! Oh, no! Yeah, so this is definitely a distraction of the week. So Nashville PD is having a shit fit over the fact that the manifesto from the school shooter has leaked to the media. So following a partial leak of the Nashville transgender school shooters manifesto by none other than disgraced person Stephen Crowder, which contained a narrative shattering screed targeting white cracker children both the chief of police and the mayor flipped out after confirming the authenticity of the writings metro nashville mayor freddie o'connell said in a statement on november 6th that he had directed the city's legal director to initiate an investigation into the leak i've directed wally deets metro's law director to initiate an investigation into how these images could have been released, said O'Connell, who cited the Covenant families as part of those who were or could be harmed by the release. That investigation may involve local, state, and federal authorities. I'm deeply concerned with the safety, security, and well-being of the Covenant families and all Nashvillians who are grieving. How long ago did this shit happen? People are still fucking grieving. Seriously? So echoing O'Connell's rhetoric was Nashville police chief John Drake, who also cited the families as a reason not to release the manifesto, calling release a total disregard for covenant families and claiming we are not at liberty to release the journals until the courts rule. Drake also claimed that covenant families have control of the journals. Turns out all of this is absolute and un fettered where is my clip bullshit thank you so debunking all of this is journalist nick sorter who took on x on tuesday to debunk drake's drivel one total disregard for covenant families the covenant school family said in a court filing that the documents could be released after the school year ended on or after june 8th 2023 we have a caller Hello, call. You're on the air. Uh, sorry, I had to drink a uh, swallow of mouthful of drink. I see. So, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? Uh, we are great. We are, we are fantastic. That's good. Yeah. So you. So you. So are you. you are you calling to weigh in on our favorite season, or are you calling to weigh in on this particular story of the manifesto I, of the trench? I mean, yeah, the, the manifesto thing is weird because, like, why the hell would you be so up in arms over it being released? Is my thing mainly, and like, why wasn't it released before now? Um, well, again, I'm kind of um, happy because happy it breaks it the narrative. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, was it? 
is this uh i don't know have you seen I, the manifesto every everything everything that happens i doubt nowadays so i always doubt the uh the reasons or the the uh motivation behind re- releasing something like this but oh, we, uh, we don't still, we don't disagree I mean, have you seen it though yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at the the picture. It was only like three pages, right? I, exactly. We're gonna have it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. No, I've seen the the pages online. I've read read throughout all of them. Uh, it looks like the. I mean, it's a huge fucking virtue signal. Like, if you look at this, yeah, some of the shit that this it, person I, I, put in there, it's like, do we forget that this asshole went to this school? Like, you were one of the fucking people who you fucking are bitching about in this manifesto. Yeah. So, I mean, how old was the the shooter again? I can't remember. Uh, We're going to look it up real quick. In their 20s, I think. I I think, um, yeah, like early, maybe 22, 23. After after they got out of the school and probably meant to, or, I don't know, was, was, it was a girl that thought she was a boy, right? Yeah, it was a shim. Was she... Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, my <laughs> my mom's cousin calls all all of them that switch a shim. Um, I, is it I only have, that I have women, often said I refuse. I refuse to give any respect to this fucking mongrel because yeah, like I, it, it's, it's disgusting like i'm not even getting yeah. into the whole politics of it so, just the fact that you went I mean, and mowed it, down it, innocent it, fucking kids yeah. like i refuse to fucking yeah. properly gender your ass i don't give a fuck if you're a she he no, in park stupid. bench yeah exactly it yeah so i mean it it's a matter of, and i think that's what they're trying to hide and it was probably in the rest of the because how many notebooks did they say there is? There's like I find it interesting that if them. there's multiple notebooks, why in the no, hell? No, it's like dozens. It's like literally like dozens. I think is what they were saying. That there's, yeah, there's why are we only many. seeing three pages if there yeah. were multiple notebooks? And ap- apparently, the shooter was 28. Yeah, so that person was definitely radicalized. After Completely. The fact. So where where were they radicalized like this? Especially in an area like uh, Nashville. Well, I can tell you. Uh, okay, I've actually been by the school where this occurred. We are talking affluence out the ass. So was it in Nashville itself? Or? It's in kind of a suburb of Nashville. It's not Nashville proper. It's kind of like the Brentwood Franklin of Nashville. Like Murfreesboro? Or? Yeah, it, it, it's like that. It's a suburb of Nashville. It's not Nashville okay. proper. It's one of the rich-ass outliers. And you have a I, white a trans fancy, person. There's a, a lot of fancy, fancy houses in Murfreesboro. Lots of I money. Remember. Lots of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, again, like we are we are posting the manifesto that was released by Crowder the the day that it happened. Hempress Emily M and I were talking about it, and I was like, "Send me this because I knew we were going to cover it on this show." It's kind of not for the least of the fact that he, I drive around Nashville. It. It's kind of weird that he got it when he's like kind of on the outs. Oh yeah, he's hella out. Of, like uh, I didn't even know why he was on the outs, and M explained it to me, and I just kind of did the RCA dog look thing. Like, 
Oh my God. How the fuck are you still on the air after a shitty, I mean, with cancel culture <laughs> being what the, it is? Did you, did you watch the, the sitting on the patio video with his wife? Or... No, I have not seen any of this. I got oh, this just okay. from what she told me. I will have to check it out. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, he kind of looks like a dick. Dick from all that. I don't know. You, you, you don't know what's going on in a relationship. No, and it's it funny because... The, whatever point that you're at, and, of course, the, the, I mean, the, the, obviously, him being a big uh, figure like he is, like they're going to latch on to anything that they can get a hold of to make him look Oh, you bad, know it. But, you never know. I mean, I, he's kind of a little bit of a douchebag on his own uh, on a show. I know he's like uh, walked down the uh, stand-up comedy kind of role, right? And uh, he's uh, you know he's done this show for a, for a long time now, and uh, so you never know. I I, I don't know. You hate to make uh, judgments on anything. He did grow up in this area, which he, I think he grew up in Ann Arbor, which is. Uh, but from what, okay, what, so the, the understanding that I have. Douchebag central of the, of the universe. Right. The, the understanding I have. Liber, what he liberalism. Did. That, I don't know if, if you know that, that liberalism basically spawned out of Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. Oh, no, I wasn't uh, aware of that. It doesn't surprise yeah, me, but no, I wasn't aware I mean, of it. No, it's a, like a hotbed. For it. I, and it's funny because the state is not that way. It's like in, I think they've cheated at the elections in the state to turn it into a liberal bastion because they have too many. That's why you get like, oh my God, they plotted to kidnap Whitmer. And you find out like out of the 18 people involved, like 15 of them are FBI agents, you know? So. What? Yeah, for serious. Actually, it's not a serious number, but I'm just exaggerating for a fact. No, but I mean, like, just j what I mean by, like, for serious is, like, it it's just ridiculous. I mean, even even more so, like, when when Emily told me about why everybody was up in arms about what he did. I could totally understand that. Like being a complete shit bag to your pregnant girlfriend, she's carrying your fucking child and you can't even be bothered to be a human fucking being and take 30 minutes out of your day to go <laughs> on a fucking walk with her to pick up the dog's shit. Like what a fucking cock are you like? Fuck yeah. Crowder. <laughs> He's a total fucking cunt. Deplatform his ass. <laughs> That that no, that's why it prefaces it prefaces it the way that I did because he he definitely looks like an asshole. So it's kind of odd that these pages got leaked to him. So douchebag. He's he's yeah. a total douchebag. But I think yeah, I, I think this is absolutely like a power move to try to keep himself in the game by being like, oh look at us, we're the first ones that got a hold of this super secret double probation fucking manifesto from this fucking trans nut job in Nashville. I mean, it's ridiculous. People are still really fucking ass sore over it. And the only reason I preface it that, that way, because he has done a lot to expose a lot of like election fraud, but he also comes off as an asshole. So it, it helps to discount all the information that he's come up with.
over that, years. That's it. So they can just, People are not well, going to pay they, attention to you if you're a cunt. To that, and then they're like, oh, look, he does this. So right, obviously exactly. everything that he's done in his entire life is a lie. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you want to stay relevant, don't be a cunt. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, to some degree you can, but not to that degree. I like that. That should be on a t-shirt. There you go. You heard it if here. If you want to stay relevant, don't be a cunt. Well, I mean, it's it's words to live by. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it, on, on this manifesto thing, it's really interesting because the, the lies that were exposed by Nick Sorter on this whole situation, you know, they're saying that, you know, oh, it was a total disregard for the families. You know, they said in a court filing that, you know, they could be released after the school year ended, which was in June of this year. They, you know, they claimed they're not at liberty to release the journals under the court rule. That's not true. The The counterparties said they were, they're literally suing for it to be released. The, the PD is the only ones preventing the release, and it's the only thing being demanded by the, the plaintiffs fam- is the that they want it released. Suing, the family does is not against it being released? Or? No, they're suing to have it released. Oh. They literally oh. would, they have said they would drop the suit if they released the documents. And they have the control well, that- of the journals. Okay, according to according to the story, they have control of journals. That's not true. Oh, but the cops are saying that it's evidence, so they can't release it. Right? Yeah, the the Covenant families uh, have control of the journals, is what they're reporting. That's false. The PD have seized at least twenty journals from this shooter, yeah, and yet we only get three fucking pages. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. No, the the PD and the FBI have full authority over any of the writing statements and videos it's, by this nut job. There, it's just well, it's, more excuses to cover like, up the shit because this, by releasing this, like they saw this and went, "Fuck, this does not follow the narrative. We can't let this get out." So the fact that this leaked is delicious. I know there's something behind. Oh it. yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to phone boy behind well, the probably, mic, and I'm like, "This is like, a fucking sounds like op natural all day. PD is woke." And oh, Nashville PD is way that. woke. Nashville PD is way woke. This is BOTG, bro. I can tell you I've had plenty of experience with these fucking cock-biting clowns. They are as woke as any fucking... I mean, they're more which woke than Bud and Disney put together. Nashville Nashville was never that way in the fucking 90s, I'll tell you no, that right no. now. No, Nashville, no. Nashville has gone yuppie as fuck. Like, all you have to do is yeah, look yep. the fuck around at what it is, and you just go... Ugh, Same thing happened so to Seattle, gross. by the way. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's horrible. I was, Stay woke! I was in Nashville in 2021, I think. Are you coming For, uh, Are you coming to the Bitcoin thing next year? Yes, I am. Fucking yeah! So we'll get a chance to that, fucking share gonna, a pint, man. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a gigantic no agenda meetup, I, I suspect. Oh, it, it totally fucking I, yeah, is. Yeah, oh yeah. So here's the thing, okay? The other thing is the families don't have control over the journals, okay? The the story was immediately censored by Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and other woke platforms, you know? So, you know, if, if you want to hear the manifesto, you know, you can read it for yourself. We included it in the show notes. It's maybe, just maybe the, fucking maybe ridiculous. Maybe the family members leaked it. Did they maybe have pictures of it? 
at one point. Here's well, here's some of the shit that makes me laugh about the like the way this manifesto was written. You know, kill those kids, those crackers, going to private fancy yeah, yeah. schools nope. with those fancy khakis Privilege. and sport backpacks, blah blah blah. Dude, <laughs> you stupid fucking cunt, you were one of those motherfuckers. This this fucking <laughs> shim was a former fucking student. So you are those who are you are railing against like holy fucking oh my god like this stinks worse than last week's fucking tuna salad that got left out in the sun. You know what? I, you know what? I mean? uh, like goth kids, like kids that were kind of goth. They weren't goth wasn't a fucking thing when I was growing up, but. Uh, there was almost that like emo kind of like skater kid. Yeah, I'm familiar. That, you know they, and I, I I don't know how old you guys. Well, phone boy's probably close to my age. I think Phoenix, you're younger, right? Yeah, I'm three years younger than Phoneboy. Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I turned fifty this year, and you and I, I think you you're a little bit older. Yeah, 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 yeah you got a couple of years. So, um, th- there was like the the goth kind of skater kids. Uh, and it seemed like every single one of them was from a fluent family <laughs> and they were all against any kind of like, uh, uh, like perceived notion of, uh, structure and, and anything like that. And they were kind of like the, the ones that w- would have been the same. I, I don't want to say they're they're They would have been the same as the, the shooter, but they kind of had that same mentality that, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> I afford everything that I have through my parents that are what I'm against, you know? And it was like, oh, okay, well, why don't you disavow everything that your fucking parents are giving you while they're buying you expensive fucking skating shoes and skateboards and shit like that, that are, well, it's just just it's I'm against it. Well, it's it's fucking break. Yeah, well, it's exactly well. Yes, yeah, it's all the people who are who are you know anti-Israel that are that are using uh, Israeli tech all the time. Like yes, okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, like that cell phone that you used to complain about uh, complain about Israel. Yeah, a lot of tech uh, went into that cell phone came from Israel. Uh, if you have if you actually made a phone call on that on that phone, yeah, that you realize you were using Israeli tech. You you so if you if you truly despise Israel, you should and, and oh by the way, if you're yeah, since, since you're transgender, you should probably realize that the drugs that you're that you're likely using to convince mother to try and change what Mother Nature has uh, given you, um, yeah, those are Israeli drugs too. You maybe you know so. <laughs> I mean, where does it end, folks? It's like, yeah, these people do not think they do not have logical, um, you know, consistent positions, right? That, that that's that, that's the the easiest the le- way to describe level it. Level of you know? hypocrisy is is above and beyond. I think anything that we've seen in the past. It's uh, the, uh, the history is like day to day on anything that they remember. As they- far as what has happened, or well, yeah, uh, just like then- 1984. And video evidence doesn't means nothing. Like when you see somebody do something in public, uh, it still means nothing to them uh, as far as uh, crime, uh, fraud, uh, different uh, maybe climate change even because there's those comparative photos of the shoreline on different areas and they all claim that oh that's a lie. Okay, it's, okay, it's video fucking evidence it's photograph 
that proves that you're full of shit, but yet you're calling it a lie. Well, another thing about this manifesto that drives me the most fucking crazy is the fact that, and not even the manifesto, just the whole fucking situation is the time, the timing in which this occurred was at the real beginning of the whole trans you know my pronouns are fucking you you will address me properly you're misgendering me blah blah bark bark woof woof have you guys seen like the the uh there's a lot of like arrest videos where people are like and i i hate to uh disparage anyone's sex but a lot of times it's like a female that feels like empowered to uh assert themselves, whether it's race based or, uh, the last one that I saw was a lady that was like, she was, which, oh, uh, our big dumb mouth played it today, but I, I, I had already saw it, saw it broke, broke down on a local podcast where she's like claiming to be like, uh, non-binary indigenous. Uh, she has anxiety. Uh, I can't, Anyways, it was because the cop pulled her over. She was drunk. She she was drunk driving. <laughs> and she's trying to make, like, every excuse under the sun as to why she shouldn't be arrested or touched or pulled over or yeah. have a sobriety test and because she's indigenous and that's racist to claim that she's drunk. And, it, <laughs> I mean, it goes down these wormholes where it's like uh, – these people are fucking crazy. You got to be almost like as insane as they are to grasp what the fuck they're saying when they were saying that. So I got to ask you a question. Have you heard the story about the black woman who went into target was talking all about reparations and got knocked the fuck out by the security guard in his office. Have you heard about this? No, in the office. I did not hear about it. Dude, it's fucking money. I'll have to, uh, uh, I'll have to find the video and try to link it in the chat. So this black woman is all talking about wanting to open up the conversation about reparations. She wants Target to cover. She has a bill of over a thousand dollars for her groceries and whatnot. Wants Target to foot some of it. Talking about reparations, this and that. Ends up she charges. You know, she's basically um, impeding on the space of the security officer, backing him into his office, and. She's black. He's white. He just fucking knocked her one. Just knocked that candy bitch out. She <laughs> she ends up getting arrested. She ends up getting arrested and she is fit to be fucking tied. Why is she getting arrested? Not him. You, oh, my God. You, you got to look it up on you YouTube. Why? You know why she thinks that way? Because Target. I understand. Because they, they did all the transgender and it, that's why she thinks she can get away with that. It's fucking no stupid, the level of shit that goes down because people think they they can get away with it. Oh, completely. I mean, he sent her sprawling. He's a skinny white motherfucker. She's a big There's... black bitch. It, to see it, and I think this happened in like Cincinnati or something. But I mean, I watched the, I, I had first heard about it. Then I watched the actual police cam video, uh, you know, video of this incident. And I was howling because I was like, you have got to be kidding me. 
just the fact that she thought she could act this way because it wasn't just the security guard. She like was being rather aggressive and, and confrontational with the manager. Like she was just being really having a hell of a look at me moment, basically. And when she backed that damn security guard up in his office, he felt threatened. He just took a right fucking hook, just pop one shot. And down <laughs> she went splaying. Oh man. I, I, I hate, it's going to sound like I'm racist. I'm really not. I don't have an issue with you just because you're a person of color or indigenous or whatever. You're People, to me, I'm okay with you. You're either a good person or you're an asshole, okay? If you are a good person, don't matter white, black, red, yellow, whatever the fuck. Same thing. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. It doesn't matter what your origin, okay? This person really, uh, you know. Asshole is a uh, universal term that applies to all races, all genders, and whatever the fuck you think you are at the moment, you can always be an asshole. I agree with that. I just saw one. I just saw one where it was a guy that I think it was L.A. And he had warrants out for him for different things. And then they confronted him in the driveway. And it was like sheriffs. And he refused to, like, roll down the windows and talk to him. Uh, And they had warrants for his arrest. And he took off. And, like, less than, like, five minutes later, the dude came flying down the street, and the two cops are standing in front of their SUV, and he rammed right into both of them. It's all on, like, Cam that he rammed right into them. That's insane. There was a third cop there that, like, he almost tried to hit the other third cop there, and uh, that, that cop missed them. The guy got out of the car and then started going at the, like, third cop that was, like, telling him to get down on the ground with his gun drawn. And I think one of the guys that got hit, like, tased him uh, uh, down to the ground. Uh, but, yeah, he he smoked two cops, like, standing in front of the SUV. Oh, damn. Uh, that were just serving, like, a warrant. That's but nuts. he's trying to claim that he, he he felt threatened. Oh, yeah, because, you know, they were <laughs> like outside he, of their vehicles he and he was threat- in a vehicle. He has a warrant out for his arrest, but he felt threatened. I'm, t- I'm telling you, some of these people, because I sometimes when I'm stoned off my ever loving ass, I will end up on YouTube watching these fucking sob sit videos and this shit. Damon will sit there and be like, baby, I don't understand. What is it you get out of watching the videos? I'm like, babe, these fucking people are so fucking stupid. Like simply, like, especially the drunk people. Like you get these drunk fucks that literally the cop is just asking you, it's, you know, well, it's, do, it's do you want to take this test when or when it's a liberal when it's a liberal that somehow thinks that they're going to get away with like playing the, uh, Oh my God, cops abuse people. There, I, I actually angle. saw a meme that, um, has, uh, it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Terminator. And it's some, it says something like your, um, what the fuck is it? Your, your race card has been rejected or something Please try another form of some. I like. I I would have to pull it up on my phone here. And of course, uh, phone boy decided to pull a Bemrose and go make coffee. 
So he leaves me all by myself with my stream to try to make it, you know, seem like everything is just normal over here. I swear to God. But yeah, that's that's literally what it has. I, I will tell you, the most likes I've ever received is off of this one meme that I posted. Um, and it was, do, do you remember, shit, we're going back a few weeks, where somebody wrote a letter in and Adam read it on air on No Agenda uh, because somebody was up in their ass about the way they were covering the Israel shit and, oh, you guys of this and that and the other thing, you know, I'm done listening. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just being a total fucking look <laughs> at me, Karen, Kyle, whatever the fuck. You and mean I, the same letter that they get every, every so many years? <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so... I posted a meme, said, I'm going to unlike this page right after I post about unliking this page and hanging around to see what people say about me unliking this page. And it's a little girl like scream crying. That's the most fucking <laughs> retoots and likes I've ever, and boos and whatever I've ever gotten on no agenda. I'm still getting that shit fed back to me. It makes me laugh my ass off because that's exactly what it made me think about. That Adam had to literally stop his show to read this crybaby fucking letter from somebody who was like, I don't agree with what you're saying, so I'm not going to listen anymore. Nah. Okay, so don't fucking listen. Bye, Felicia. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, no kidding. That shit you know what the funny thing? You- the funny thing is, is that they always think that they're like speaking for the entire crowd of no agenda. Truth. Listeners. It's like, dude, if you don't want to fucking so listen, like, uh, then just fuck uh, off. Okay. Nope, you're have not that day. fucking have important day, that somebody buddy. needs your exit speech. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I do and a I fucking show and I don't even think I'm that w- fucking important. W- Wallet, <laughs> I just, some of these people, Net Net, I fucking can't with them. It's It's just ridiculous that they have this... You know, seriously, I do this show, okay? And yeah, sometimes I I get a little bit, you know, swelled head that, wow, like one episode got, I don't know, fucking 10,000 downloads or some shit like that. I will I will get like a momentary starstruck that I'm actually somebody and that people actually give a fuck about who I am. But then I have that humbling moment where I think, bitch, you are the person who walked out of the bathroom with toilet paper stuck to her fucking shoe. You are the person who three times in the last week <laughs> Wait, fucking choked that? on your I, own it spit. Just means, just means your shoe was wet and there was toilet paper on the floor. But what I'm saying is it's a real humbling experience when you start thinking that you are the cat's ass. Universe will provide you something special, like in the middle of a fucking sentence, the spit that's in your mouth will just take a southern root into your airway and you're coughing and hacking, trying to hit your fucking mute button on the mic. That's a real humbling experience when you think you are all that and then you have a my superpower is I can choke on my own spit moment live on air. Or you mute your fucking self. That is definitely, I think, a white people thing. (laughs) <laughs> so you're extra white. It's possible. <laughs> you know, and then Sir Pepper happens, says, if you ever start feeling like you're too. hot shit, that's what I'm here and trolling just you, for. Just the fact that you talked about it makes you extra white more than me. <laughs> this is true. And and to be honest, like all, all joking aside, one of the reasons why I hate social media, especially Facebook, Meta, whatever the fuck you call it now. The reason I dislike it to such a massive degree 
bitch, you are not that important that everyone cares about what you had for breakfast, what color your shit was, and the fact that you jerked off twice before getting your baby up to start your <laughs> fucking day at calisthenics. No one cares. <laughs> Like, that has always been the biggest pet peeve for me. You're not that fucking important. Even me, with no, a successful yeah, podcast, yeah. is not that fucking important. I, I don't know. I mean, Facebook has more and more of a uh, MySpace feel to it. Like, it's like a uh, a dead man walking media. I think a lot of people know that, but they're still using it. I do not go on Facebook. I haven't not gone on Facebook in probably the, easily the only two years. I use it is for and Facebook I never had a MySpace page because you can't you can't sell shit. On it. It's a very effective tool to sell shit that you want to get rid of out of your house and make money on it. But that's what the fuck. Uh, um, um, uh, it's definitely oh God, it's definitely it. it's definitely got like if you go to scroll like any year like uh, what they call their because they changed it all around. It's it's a uh, feed now. And uh, it's it's sad. It's I mean I like I'm sure there's like people that have the same opinion as you that uh, were friends of yours that you would they would pop up instantly. But it's kind of like a uh, I don't know. It's a mix between ads and propaganda, and then your friends. It's total propaganda. Like, posts posts and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's uh, like I, I, I kind of went through. I, I unfortunately, as part of my day job, I sometimes have, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 sent to, I sometimes end up um, with, uh, you know, I have to go on these platforms and do things. Right. Because uh, I'm, I'm also like responsible as, as, the, as the administrator for some of the pages and stuff. So uh, so from so I, I still have to use these things and, and, and I try to minimize my usage of them. And I find I, I mean, I, I can't even use Twitter anymore. Twitter's just got completely unusable I, I don't know how i used to use it and I don't, um, facebook i can i can spend maybe two minutes on it before i just start scrolling and going yeah i don't need to read any of this <laughs> right um you know linkedin has linkedin okay like I, I need to rant about linkedin for a second now before you rant about linkedin i just want to say that's one of the things that i've named as a difficulty i think i'm going to be dealing with once i get into this world i don't want to have an online persona i don't give a fuck professional personal or otherwise i do not want to have to interact on these fucking platforms i find them disgusting and i'm not sure how i'm going to work around if my company requires me to have an online presence i don't think they're going uh, to do now this is just part of what i do in my job but that's it because yeah, but it could it, it depends yeah. I, I don't have any linkedin thing and it's been brought up at the my present employer but uh, hey, hey, my the, C, I, I, I the told, CEO I of my I, company I doesn't have a doesn't like, have oh, any yeah, social media presence. I think we're OK. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. OK, so think about the communications class that I had to take over the summer. And this woman wanted us to upload our videos private or otherwise to fucking YouTube. I find that absolutely <laughs> atrocious. I refuse. Totally, yeah, but that's totally secure, right? Oh, completely sure. <laughs> oh, I, I pushed back harder than a porn star on that. And I won the debate. That was the beauty is I won my case that I was not going to put my shit on YouTube. Absolutely not. I will direct link you to my video. End of story. Thank God I'm dating a dude named Ben. <laughs> I have a... <laughs> that will let you know. 
uh, where your professor stands when you say, I have a Rumble account. I can put it on. They'd probably be like, freak out. Dude, let me tell you, when it comes to being woke, this bitch was 24-hour coke bender woke. She drove me crazy. <laughs> and you could tell by looking at her, I'm sorry. You totally could. And by the questions that she was asking for the forum board. Oh. You can always tell, tell the people. Dude, I, I, did I, I probably said it on another pod, podcast or... I don't know if I said it on to you guys, but I went into a restaurant the one day and there was a lady that came in and she was, uh, uh, you know, I hate to stereotype people, but I could tell right away by looking at her that she was a liberal and she sat down with her, I don't know if it was her kid or her grandkid, I don't know what, but uh, the kid definitely looked like he was... uh, uh, what we would qualify on the spectrum, even though he probably wasn't really on the spectrum. And uh, they sat down and I was watching a TV that was in this diner uh, and kept looking that way. And then after a while, and I kept looking over and, and it seemed like the lady was looking at me like directly at me because her eyeballs looked like they were looking directly at me. And uh, finally, after a while, I felt awkward. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm... So a couple times I like locked eyes with her and she'd lock eyes with me. And then I look away and then, so after like the third time, I'm like, I'm not locking eyes till she like fucking says something. I'm locking eyes till she says something. Finally, she like says something. She's like, why are you looking at me? And I'm like, I don't know. You're looking at me. And she's like, well, no, I'm looking at the waitresses over your shoulder. And I said, oh, okay. I said, but like three times I realized you were looking at me and I looked over and you didn't acknowledge that. And uh, she like flipped out. She's like, I'm looking at the, at the, the waitresses behind you. Cause I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're co- how they're cooking food back in the the kitchen, and I can't see anything. And I mean, she went on and on like about what she couldn't fucking see. And I'm like, oh okay, well I I didn't think I was blocking that from you, so I don't know why you were like looking at me like directly like. And uh, I can't remember what they brought the food to her, and she like held it up, and she said. I want this box right away. And, and they were like, okay, you could have got it to go. And she's like, no, but this man like interacted with me. And I, I don't like that. So he, he, he caused me to not want to eat here and I want it boxed up and I got to go. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Yeah. And it, it, it was like the whole interaction. I was like, what the fuck? Like what the fuck just happened? This is what I was, this, no, thank you, NetNed, because this is what I was talking to this phone boy about, about what microaggressions are. I think I know what microaggressions are. I can, like, you can see them in, in people's faces and that kinds of things. But yes, and, and yes, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, I, yeah, it comes up in this whole, uh, what do you call it, um, this whole discussion. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with these woke people, they're like, yes, just because they're you gross. looked, yes, I uh, know, they're, they're absolutely gross. And I think she was locking eyes with, I think she was staring like through, definitely was looking at me the whole time for a reaction that it it just seemed like she like, 
planned it to go that way. That's insane. Like, fucking, yeah. She said to People me are when weird. she got off, they packed her shit up. She packed the shit up and left. And then she said to me, she goes, I hope you know how vile you are. What? And I was like, holy fuck. Are you, are you kidding me? Wow. And I was like, I was just sitting here fucking, and you're like staring like laser beams. I, I don't care if you're staring at somebody behind me. After a while, you'd be like, Hey, uh, maybe you should lock it, unlock that stair and look somewhere else and not like stare at the person behind me that you're look, looks like you're staring at me the whole time. So, like I said, she didn't even, I, she didn't even trust like what was going behind the counter as far as people cooking the food. So it was like, it was in, in fucking thing. Some people are just fucking bizarre yeah and that's yeah, why and that's why yeah. you tune into this show right <laughs> this this is fuck no agenda this is your weekly sanity brigade we're trying to be anyway um but but the show is our I, I, but i think this show has uh, reached a reached a slightly insane length however so um, i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to keep this under four hours i guess or or at least under 333 we're getting close to that here hey you know uh, what i don't think we've ever been this long i know you've never been this long yeah um, well i'm long enough that's all i need to know hey <laughs> Seriously, though, we love no agenda. We, of course, you know. But we oh, all. absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can tell mm -hmm. you that the sanity that I get from listening on my way to work prepares me for dealing with the absolute woke bullshit that I have to deal with in Nashville. Absolutely. So, but uh, but anyway, I think we should probably we should probably end this and we finish actually finish hey, our show here and we'll, you, we'll, know, we can... you know what? I love both you guys. I'm gonna get off before you end it. Okay. Well, we appreciate you yeah. calling in. Go get, go get really off. I love go you get. Ball. Fuck the LR. <laughs> Thanks for what? calling Wait, in. Then. What? Oh. oh. Wait, what? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <Sam>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't worry. I will ensure. I will ensure that uh, that DLR is properly uh, properly uh, defended here. Okay. No. Thank you, Ned. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And I actually do want to say, um, during Ride Share Radio last night, somebody requested just a gigolo, and it wasn't DLR's version, and it was painful to listen to because I actually do like his rendition of that. Like all all bushooting aside. I, I like his version of that. I also like his California girls in all fairness. Yes. I, I may like Sammy as far as the front man for Van Halen, but I will give DLR his credit that those two songs are pretty damn good. Yes, they are. Now, meanwhile, uh, these people are terrible. Uh, Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Now, uh, oh, play this. old enough to have remembered these commercials airing on television. Thank yes. God. Okay. So meanwhile, a mother is suing American Airlines after her unaccompanied minor 12 and 10 year old sons spent the night in a jail like room after their connecting flight was canceled. The New York Post reports the mother's partner who was due to meet the children in New York received a call from American and, and was told the boys would be placed in a nice room for unaccompanied minors where they were beds in their own bathroom. Now the child informed his mom that they had not had anything to 
eat or drink since the night before. Not even a pretzel or snacks that are usually given out by the airline, according to the filing. Now, the room was freezing and the children spent the night on a sofa with the lights on. Apparently, the children had been placed in a lost children's room, it continues. A woman who is not employed by American Airlines finally gave the children food and drinks before they boarded a flight to Syracuse where they were picked up by the partner, according to the suit. Now, the mother claims the airline failed to provide the children with any blankets, pillows, or accommodations for an overnight stay and to advise her that they would be confined to a room fully lit overnight without bed, food, or water. The, the room was described as akin to a jail cell. Now, but hey, American apologized and refunded the $150 unaccompanied minor fee. Yeah, you know, because that makes all better the trauma they caused to those children. Yes. Now, meanwhile, uh, I think I have this to say to YouTube. If you can... Fuck you! Beca Fuck YouTube! Yeah, because uh, YouTube is no longer just experimenting with ad-dodging viewers. The platform has gone all out in its fight against add-ons, extensions, and programs that prevent it from s serving ads to viewers worldwide. Now, the... the uh, the use of ad blockers violates YouTube's terms of service, the spokesperson said. YouTube started cracking down on the use of ad blockers earlier this year. By June, it took a more aggressive approach and warned viewers that they wouldn't be able to play more than three videos unless they disabled their ad blockers. I actually ran into this. Now, I, now most on most of my computers, I'm using Vivaldi, which has a built-in ad blocker. Now, on one of my on my um, on my on, on my one of my Linux machines, I'm actually using uBlock Origin still for for a variety of reasons, and it's a more aggressive ad blocker and of course google is also doing shit to try and prevent uh, apps from you know you block origin from even existing and there and there's there's been a lot of they're trying you know you know the company that, that that serves you ads maybe shouldn't be developing your fucking browser just saying you think yeah so um and i actually ran into this and i and so i'm like okay well i guess i'm not clicking on that so you know i just was like well fuck youtube so i mean i saw that so before so I, I i saw this and then i saw the story on it and it was kind of like well no shit sherlock so yeah so you know and that's this is this is a real problem guys and you know we're all we're always the product now it doesn't seem like you have an option even because i because hell we were paying um you know we were paying google what was it 25 dollars a month for you for YouTube yeah Plus. like 25 27 something like that and because you switched over to Apple Music for Studio 33, I was like, okay, I like the no commercial thing. But at the same time, I wasn't using a lot of YouTube to feed my ear holes during my ride around Nashville. I started listening to actual relevant books like 1984 and Snow Crash and Brave New World. So I'm like, I already have this Audible subscription that I'm using for other things. And YouTube is no longer worth $25 a month. Exactly. But this is, and, and so, yeah, they're, they're, you know, and, and even with it, so, yeah, even with that subscription, we were still seeing ads every now and again, um, you know, in, in other places, maybe they weren't interrupting the videos or the music. And, it, you know, when I now, when I do have to play things off YouTube, because sometimes during the, during Studio 33, yes, I've got to actually use the, uh, I've got to use Apple Music to, to you know, I've got I, something doesn't quite show up right on Apple Music. So I actually have to do a little bit of making sure that the ad, that I've uh, skipped the ad before you know so it doesn't like pop up when i play the link so it takes a little bit of work to get that to get that uh, going in the background but it works and, it, and i'm able to play the uh, i'm able to play the uh, the requested track so anyway um i i think uh but i think uh i think uh let's see i think we're we're, I we're, think we're here i think we're here but i think the end but i think it is really I'm so fucking over this yeah i'm really I'm, I'm 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 to that point in the evening and so we are and then i think it is uh, but i think it ends uh the show something, something like, like this. this let's see if I can do it. Where is this? 
Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Back to the shadows again. <laughs>